Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from the Tans Academy, discussing the 1977 horror classic, Suspiria. This film was written and directed by Dario Argento from a screenplay by Argento and Daria Nicolotti, drawing inspiration from Suspiria de Profundis, a collection of essays from 1845 by Thomas de Quincey, Suspiria combines elements of the supernatural and the occult with graphic violence and a dazzling visual style. With amazing use of color, a remarkably spooky score, and Argento's skilled direction, this film has proven incredibly influential across a variety of genres and is widely considered a horror classic. This film was recommended to us by friends of the show, Anthony Jerome M., Carly, and Macy McDonald. We'd like to thank them all for their support of the show, as well as this suggestion. So, Suspiria, what were your first impressions on the film? I I really enjoyed how everything was turned up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sound effects were, like, there. Mm-hmm. The music, the light, like, everything was, like at a higher level than it needed to be uh not in a bad way but you know what i mean like it was like oh shit we're in this uh i did like this movie you know what i mean it was uh i feel like this if this is i i'm not sure i know i know you do like the giallo films Uh uh, and i'm not sure if this is exactly what it is but i feel like if that's what it is this and like b horror are like two front tires of the same car <laughs> and uh that's not a bad thing you no, know no, what no. i mean you yeah. know we're front wheel driving this motherfucker <laughs> um but i did enjoy the not so seriousness of it uh-huh. you know what i mean like it's a movie this is what we're doing yes. you know what i mean uh very artsy kind Ab- of absolutely okay yeah i did enjoy one of the scenes where it's like it looks like a art setup. Yes. Like, and I was like, okay. I was like, all right. I, I was like, I, I get, I dig it. You know what <laughs> I mean? But I, I did, I did like this movie. It, it wasn't bad. I was mildly concerned because th- a movie like this, mm-hmm. it's, I feel like it's a, you either, you love it or you hate it. Right. And I don't really see a lot of people saying, oh, Suspiria, it's all right. Yeah. You know, no, it, you know what? And I know it's bad to, uh, I don't want to compare it like Silent Night, Deadly Night, but you know how like they were like, they turned it up so much. It was like, I I was like, this is great. Uh That's kind of how this was. So it was like, this is turned up. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, what are you guys going to do next? You know, well, there was, there, there is some things, some nitpick things that I do have about it. Um, But overall, I, it's a, it's a pretty fun movie. I did enjoy it. I don't know if fun's the word for it, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I did. I was uh, entertained by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, everything is turned up mm-hmm. and that I, that's not a problem. Now I'm going to have the warm side of the door stuck <laughs> in my head for the rest of the day. I love that movie. <laughs> I never knew anything about it. <laughs> no. No. Um, I watched this for the first time last year, I think, because... I was taking a film class and we had to write a paper on a film that we'd never seen before mm-hmm. that we had been wanting to watch. Right. And uh, I was like, I can't think of one. Like, there's so many, but because I'm a fucking Gemini and I can't make a decision. Mm. <laughs> but he was like, do Suspiria, do Suspiria. And I was like, okay. So he brings me the Blu-ray. He's like, you know, super excited about it. And I enjoyed it. it I can't 
say that I've seen anything like it before. Right. Mm-hmm. But like hearing you kind of equate it to B movies, and I'm not, I don't want T to like, you know, jump me after yeah. the show or anything. <laughs> but I think it's that same level of if we don't fully commit to this, yeah. it's not gonna work. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's not I'm not saying that it's the same thing, but it has that same energy of like, oh no, we're fucking doing this yeah. and we're doing it like this and this is yeah, just what it's gonna be. It Either you're here for the ride. Yeah. You're on board or you're not. <laughs> like that's the thing. Yeah. And I, I feel like we had talked a lot about style versus substance when we covered the love witch Mm -hmm. and i feel like there is a story here it's Mm -hmm. not fully for me i know spoiler alert if you didn't listen to that episode but i found the love witch to be a beautiful film that had nothing you know going for it (laughs) deeper not nothing almost nothing okay So I feel like this, there's a very interesting story there, kind of a mystery that's mm-hmm. unraveling. There's some tension, some suspense. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also colorful and artsy and fucking crazy looking. Yeah. So it was very cool to be like, it's like, get you a film that does both. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> I appreciated that, that it's not just, oh, we're let's sit through a couple scenes of bullshit because it's going to get real colorful soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it was, it, I was never like, all right, get to the point, basically. Yeah, yeah. But it it's visually crazy. Mm-hmm. And you talk a lot about Giallo films. Like John Paul said, I'm also ignorant. I don't I don't yeah, really fully yeah. uh no, I get it confused with gelato. I don't yeah. <laughs> I, and then you get hungry. And then yeah. I'm hungry. It's a whole fucking thing. Um, I don't know if this is really indicative of what Giallo is, but I enjoyed this. So it is a little confusing because it's a massive debate that goes on with Suspiria Mm -hmm. in particular. Right. Like, is it or is it not? Exactly. The thing is, is that Argento comes from making Giallo films. Right. Deep Red, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. He Mm -hmm. made a ton of them. And then he kind of moved out of that to make Suspiria with a ton of Giallo elements. Right. But because it's not like a detective crime like slasher almost. So, they yeah. all, so all of Giallo. They're basically like slasher films for okay. the most part okay. that have like a mystery element. Right. So you see that this has a mystery element, but because there's so much supernatural shit, yeah. people don't consider it a Giallo film. Interesting. Uh, it's that's, like, it's weird. Yeah. It's a big uh, debate. All right. But regardless of that label, it comes as no surprise to anyone. I, I would say, but this is one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, no, we know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did you, you were say all just what? silently nodding. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Keep going. Uh, did you say why we're covering this? Oh, okay. So my birthday was on April 21st. Uh-huh. And we started doing this thing where we all get to kind of pick a film that comes into proximity with our birthday. Yeah. Whenever we're releasing an episode. During the month. Yeah. yeah. And so the second that we decided to do that and we were making the schedule, I was like, oh, Suspiria. Yeah, yeah. no, it's been, it's been on the books for yeah. a while. Yeah. I was like, that has to happen. <laughs> My experience with this film is that I had always heard of it. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't watched it until maybe like three, four years ago, which is honestly pretty late for how much we love horror right yeah kind of surprising that it never it just never yeah it's not like this is a newer film no (laughs) (laughs) so i watched it for the first time and i watched it at night and all these colors are just blasting at me in the dark and i'm just like i fell in love yeah and it's so surreal and interesting it does have that mystery element it does have (laughs) to I swear to God, there is one scene that the gore actually shocked me. Yeah. I mean, they they go there. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's unbelievable. And I will say, this may seem unrelated at the start, but hear me out. 
There, <laughs> there was an eyewitness to the Mothman in Point Pleasant, <laughs> okay, West Virginia. All right, and they asked her. They're like, "What did you see?" And she said, "His eyes. It was red, like you never saw red." And I'm like, "That's the spirit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that always stuck with me. Yeah. And I was like, "If anybody." <laughs> ever asked me to describe Suspiria (laughs) I have to talk about the Mothman I've never seen the Mothman (laughs) but for me this is one of the many films because you hear a lot especially when it comes to like award season horror films never getting their due if you have somebody who in your life says that horror is not an art form show them Suspiria and why are they in your life (laughs) yeah first of all first of all tell them that you hate them (laughs) and they're banned from ever speaking to you again but also recommend Suspiria (laughs) (laughs) But I did want to talk about the ideas that came to Argento that actually inspired him to make this film, because I think it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. He had just come off of Deep Red, which I mentioned was a Giallo film. And I think he, in an interview, had said that he kind of got tired of doing the same genre over and over. And so he had met Daria Nicolodi while they made Deep Red, because she's an actress in the film. Mm -hmm. And she's actually Asia Argento's mother. Oh, okay, cool. So they have a child together. They were together for a while and then split. Yeah. But uh, I don't know the particulars of that. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) Like, I wasn't there. (laughs) I was not there. But the Suspiria de Profundis, the collection of essays I talked about in the intro, Uh there is an essay in there where they discuss this idea of the three mothers. And they say that if fates come in threes and wishes come in threes, then sorrows have to come in threes as well. No shit. And so they came up with the three mothers. And from that, as well as a story that Daria Nicolodi told him about her grandmother going to some school in Germany. I uh-huh. read that. Yeah. That was apparently full of witches or I something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can I hear that story? Yeah, I know. I was like, tell me more no, about she that. She said they were full of bitches. Oh. Like, oh, no. It's like, it was like, yeah. mean, it was like mean girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the three mothers, he actually turned it into a trilogy of films. Oh, wow. And so you have mother Suspiriorum, which is the mother of size, which obviously Suspiria. Right. Yeah. Then you have, Mother Tenebrarum, who is darkness. Oh. And she is in the film Inferno, which came after this one in 1980. All right. And interestingly, he has a film called Tenebre, and it came out in 82. It has nothing to do with Mother... Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes the whole thing confusing. It's not confusing at all. Uh, Inferno is actually great. It's a sequel to Suspiria in a way. All Hmm. right. And then in 2007, he did the last one, which was... Damn, that's a big gap. It's The Mother of Tears, and it's a film called Mother of Tears. Cool. (laughs) Uh, And that one is also a movie cool all right <laughs> so it's not oh it's okay. not <laughs> <laughs> now before we burn this film to the ground we would like to issue a warning for spoilers pod mortem is a very in-depth podcast and in thoroughly discussing horror films we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two if you don't wish to be spoiled please go watch the film then come back and enjoy the show if you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers let's dance So the film begins with the sound of rolling drums and cacophonous strings as the opening credits appear, and we get the title, Suspiria. As the credits continue, the music transitions into the main theme, sounding like a spooky lullaby with whispered voices. So the music for this film was done by the band Goblin, Mm -hmm. and we actually talked about Goblin on episode 97 with Dawn of the Dead. Right. Because they scored the European version of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, 
but this was kind of near the beginning of their very long relationship with Argento because uh-huh. they did Deep Red with him before this. Mm-hmm. And then they did, I think up until like 2001, they did a ton of his films. Damn. But they worked together a lot. And I think that this theme is like so excellent and memorable. It's like weirdly whimsical, but yeah. still like something's not right. Like it's weirdly tense. I don't know. There's like a music box right. quality to it. So you're, it's almost like a, a lot of people compare it to like a fairy tale. Right, right. Yeah. But then it's also scary as hell. But not a good one. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no. no. Like Dark the, fairy tale. the original like German ones that yeah. uh, where all the kids die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did see also from this film historian, Derek Patello, he said that on the original run of Suspiria in the United States, John Carpenter saw it on the original run and that he said that part of the inspiration for the music for Halloween was the minimalist score in this. No way. You know, now that you said that, it's like, okay, yeah, I got to see it. He said you put that with tubular bells from The Exorcist, Mm -hmm. you get Halloween. Very cool. Oh, nice. I was like, very cool. But in a voiceover provided by William Keel, we learn that Susie Banyan, a ballet student, has decided to travel to Europe to attend a prestigious ballet academy in Freiburg, Germany. They note that she left New York at 9 a.m. one morning, then arrived in Germany at 10.40 p.m. local time. I was like, I don't know that we All need right. that. <laughs> cool. Am I the airline? Do I need specific. to know? <laughs> but as the music reaches a crescendo, we are taken to that German airport, panning past a flight information board to find a crowd of new arrivals walking through the lobby toward the exit. Among them is Susie Banyan, played by Jessica Harper. The theme returns sporadically as Susie heads outside into the stormy German night. Now, there is a woman walking next to her, Mm -hmm. and forever, they had always said that this was Daria Nicolodi, Mm -hmm. the co-writer of the film. Right. But then I heard on commentary that the people on commentary talked to Asia Argento, and she said, that is not my mother. (laughs) (laughs) What does she know? (laughs) I'm going to trust IMDb. (laughs) But I have to call out, I love that the theme keeps like returning like... I was going to say, can she only hear the music? It's like... <laughs> it, it would cut on when yeah. you tear and then or like what, when she's walking. Uh-huh. And then when you tear, it'd go away. And I was like, wait, is, what the fuck is yeah. happening? Like, am I the only yeah. one? <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of, it seemed to be happening when the door would open. Yeah. And so I was like, are they saying the airport's safe? But what See, she's about to yeah. go to... I have, my next note is why did the opening and closing of those airport doors feel so ominous? I didn't like it. Because yeah. it did, and now that you're, maybe it was the pairing with the music where it's like, there's some shit out there. Because mm-hmm. I felt it. Yeah. Yes. But she's carrying her bags and she walks through the rain and tries to hail a taxi. Several cars just pass her by as she is continuing to get soaked. A car finally stops and Susie asks the taxi driver, played by Fulvio Mingozzi, if he can help her with her bags. Dude just sits there. I yeah. laughed out loud. <laughs> She's did. like, can you give me a hand? He does not. Yeah. No. He's, He's like, like, can no. I? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Am I going to? No. But the way that she just threw her bags down and then ran to the middle of the street. I'm like, I know it said she was from America. You can't be doing that in America either. I'm well, like, where yeah. are you from? That that's. But in all fairness, I mean, if I'm super young and I'm traveling overseas for the first time, I don't know how to hail it. I've never hailed a taxi yeah. in my life. I'm I'm talking about her abandoning her bags. Well, oh, I mean it is raining. I'm sure she's just panicking. She's like, please, somebody I know, but in America, you turn back around and then shits are gone. gone. Yeah, <laughs> are people just waiting? Yeah, <laughs> I hope she puts <laughs> those down. <laughs> they wait outside the airport for that. God, yeah, damn, what a terrible. 
<laughs> Don't give anyone any ideas. But Susie grabs her things and shoves them in the cab before getting inside herself. He asks where she'd like to go, and twice she tells him Escherstrasse. He does not get it, so she shows him a piece of paper with the address on it, and he's like, oh, Escherstrasse. You knew exactly yeah, what no. she said. I was like, this dude's a dick. I was very not a fan of this guy from... Yeah. <laughs> But we learned something more about him in a second that only makes me like him even less. Yeah. <laughs> but they take off. And from the start, I already have to call out, we already see that there is dubbing going on. Right. Uh, we talked a bunch in the past, actually on Talk Mortem on Patreon, about how in Italian filmmaking at the time, they relied on dubbing rather than the audio recorded on set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think in all fairness of all the dubbing I've seen, I think that this one is definitely one of the better Italian films for it. Really? Uh, yeah, because I've seen some where it's like very just every single line is very obvious. Yeah. But there are times watching this film that I'm like, is that? It does sync up sometimes, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I can't say for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But I did laugh because there's a flash of lightning and I don't know. He says that it's intentional, but I don't see any point for having this here. But (laughs) in a flash of lightning, you see Dario Argento and he's laughing like a madman. (laughs) (laughs) But as (laughs) he's like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but as the theme returns, Susie dries her face with a cloth as an array of colorful light and flashes of lightning beam through the car windows. I'll try to keep this to a minimum. (laughs) Just give one blanket. (laughs) This is beautiful. (laughs) The cinematographer was Luciano Tavoli, and he actually, I read in American Cinematographer magazine, he was not into horror films like at all, Mm -hmm. and he had actually never seen an Argento film before this. And so Argento became a fan of his from a movie that he a uh, shot called The Passenger. All right. Oh, wow. And so he's really clamoring to get this guy on board and he is hesitant. Mm-hmm. And then I guess that he had heard some people like rushing in a hurry to see an Argento film that was playing. Yeah. And he's like, well, if a lot of people are like, going, yeah. this, guy, this guy's the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> but long story short, he came on board. Yeah. And I'm very glad that he did. Another thing very quickly about the cinematography, there is kind of a myth that this was shot on Technicolor Mm -hmm. is another thing we talked about on The Love Witch which is episode 101 if you want to go back (laughs) but it was actually shot on Kodak film stock just regular film Mm -hmm. but then when they printed it they printed it on three strip Technicolor and that allowed them to control the dyes of the colors oh wow and so that's how you end up with these brilliant right like the red like you never saw red (laughs) (laughs) Mothman red if you exactly yeah But as the downpour continues, Susie asks the driver how long it's been raining, and he tells her about half an hour. So this is where I got really pissed off, because I was like, oh, I thought you just only spoke German. (laughs) No, he's just mean. He's just like... (laughs) (laughs) But after shots of rushing water pouring into a storm drain, the taxi makes its way down a road surrounded by trees. There is a minor bit of foreshadowing, because in a lightning strike, you see what appears to be someone holding a straight razor against one of the trees. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. We'll I'm talk. sure. I mean, I'm sure that doesn't mean. Oh, no, no, no. He's just shaving. Like, don't. Right. <laughs> but they finally arrive at the Tans Academy, a building with a vibrant red exterior and trimmed in gold. So, according to MovieLocations.com, mm-hmm. this is a recreation of a real building in Freiburg called the Whale House, mm-hmm. and they actually built this on a soundstage in Rome. 
Oh, shit. I always thought it was the real building. It looks like a real building. And, like, and it, it's like stunning. Yeah. It is. Like, I see why they chose this one. Yeah. yeah. There's even like a nameplate on the real building and they did the nameplate here. <laughs> I was like, God yeah. damn. They were like, no, this is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Faithful as fuck. There's actually, I think, a really great mix of sets and on-location exteriors. Right. So much so that there are times that... Now, there are times you're like, this is clearly a set. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but there are times that you can't tell. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive. But the taxi parks out front and Susie gets out, retrieving her bags and asking the driver to wait a moment. The front door of the building opens and Pat Hingle, played by Eva Axon, stands in the doorway. She speaks feverishly and in clear distress, but we can't make out what she's saying thanks to the crackling of the thunder. Susie approaches the door, holding her bags, but Pat closes the door and rushes off past her into the stormy night. Susie uses the intercom, but a voice on the other end refuses to let her inside, telling her to go away. This has been a great trip so far. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking taxi driver. I'm fucking going back home now. ran into the rain. Yes. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) Fuck this. I'm not meant to be here. She even pleads with them, but then they just stop answering. (laughs) Oh my God damn, You hear how fucking hard it's raining here? But Susie gives up and the taxi driver just impatiently honks at her. So she grabs her bags and heads back to the cab. I'm like, man, I hope your fucking ballet is better than your customer service. Yeah, no shit. This is bullshit. But I laughed because, again, he didn't even help her with her bags. Yeah. He's not. This He's is, not going to. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Yeah. Like, this is his whole character. Does he have the same no arc. fucking yeah. disease as the witch from The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, He no, cannot I be yeah. touched by the rain. <laughs> but the driver heads back the way they came. And through the trees, Susie sees Pat making her way through the woods on foot. We then see Pat splashing through a large puddle before heading inside of an apartment building. Maybe this is just me because I'm just a naturally nosy person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if I'm meant to go to the school, like I've come here to go to that school and this girl just left in the middle of the night running into the woods in the middle of a storm rather than staying there. Mm hmm. I think I would try to stop her and be like, what happened? Are you okay? I would just assume she didn't have the it factor. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm taking her spot. <laughs> she didn't get the vote. Huh? No, she so did not. She I would home. need to know <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is going on. And they just drive past her and Susie's just like, huh. Like, yeah, that, that sucks. You don't see that every day. <laughs> <laughs> but Pat stumbles through the lobby, looking up at the skylight before heading onto the elevator. We then see Sonia, Pat's friend played by Susanna Havacoli, who throws her a towel after she steps out of the shower in her apartment. Sonia says that she can stay here as long as she wants. Pat dries her hair, thanking her, but says that she'll be leaving in the morning and going away forever. Sonia makes light of the whole thing, saying that being kicked out of school isn't that big of a deal, but Pat says it isn't about that. She says Sonia wouldn't understand because it all seems so absurd, so fantastic. She just needs to get away from here as soon as she can. She excuses herself to the bathroom and closes the door behind her. So this is some of the uh, bad dubbing. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's funny to me because there is a thing in almost like an element of Giallo films where the drama is heightened. And so all these moments where they're really just having these random, you know, normal conversations, right, right. like her breathy, like, it, yeah. uh, it's very, <laughs> it's very Everything's on an 11. Yeah. Absolutely. But as Pat stands in the middle of the bathroom trying to get her mind right, the bathroom window blows open on its own, startling her. 
Sonia busts in asking why she doesn't just close the window. She's like, what the fuck's wrong with what you? What kind of shit is that, dude? It just opened. <laughs> Don't climb on my ass. Yeah. Like, it literally just happened. I, like, I got fuck? scared, man. You're my friend. I can stay as long as I want. I don't yeah. want to stay here anymore. <laughs> But Sonia closes it, telling her it was just the wind. And she's like, wow, you really are going through it. And she asks Pat to tell her everything. And I will say, I'm familiar with the sound of wind. Yeah. But we can also hear <laughs> what can only be described as evil sighing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's not yeah. right. Yeah, that, that I can't abide by. <laughs> But Pat says that the window blowing open startled her, but Sonia obviously meant what happened earlier at the academy. Pat goes silent, so Sonia says that they can just talk about it later, leaving the bathroom and closing the door. Well, she's like, there's no use even trying to explain it to you. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's rude. Yeah. If you want my couch, I'm going to need the tea. Like, that's yeah. just the trade-off. That's the price. Yeah, I need to know what the fuck's going on. Plus, she had her like clothes still hanging outside. It's it's pouring. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. They're on a clothesline. Yeah, I forgot about the rain. It's like these are She'll not drying. Bring yeah. inside. Well, maybe it's also the washer. Yeah. <laughs> but from outside the window, the camera presses in on Pat. The music growing frantic and full of howls and groans. Pat summons her courage, inching over to the window, only to see those clothes, as you said, (laughs) just whipping in the wind on a clothesline. She turns to walk away, but can't help but take another glance through the glass to allay her fears. She then grabs a lamp from a nearby vanity and holds it up to the window. Suddenly, in the night, two yellow eyes appear. Pat gasps as they disappear. She leans in for a closer look, but a disgusting-looking arm crashes through the window, grabbing her by the hair and smashing her face into the glass. I'm like, why are you looking further? I don't... The eyes are enough. That's fucking more than enough. The eyes have it. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's like, well... Let me make sure I actually did see those eyes. (laughs) You can clearly see the head. Absolutely. Yeah, the outline. (laughs) But Sonia hears the commotion, and she bangs on the door, begging to be let inside. Pat screams against the glass, the figure not letting her go. Her face pressed up against it looks, it was so... It's like disturbing. Yeah, Yeah, I was uncomfortable. But Sonia bails out of her apartment, banging on neighbors' doors, screaming that there's a murderer in the building. Does she live in Patrick Bateman's apartment building? I I was like, how's nobody fucking here any of this? I don't know, there's like, yeah, so... (laughs) They're doing it again. But Pat is then slammed through the glass and dragged onto the roof. Through blue and red light, we see the assailant stab her twice in the stomach. One thing that was always scary to me about this is that we see the person's arm, yeah, but she is swinging blindly as if she sees nothing. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like that. <laughs> I also, the arm is very hairy. Yes. There's black nail polish. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to see those arms later. Like, I'm yeah. going to be oh, yeah. able to identify all of these later. I'll remember those arms. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean... We can continue. <laughs> <laughs> There's bits and pieces. How did, how did she get up there? We'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Pat collapses against the wall as Sonia continues screaming through the hallway, banging on doors. Blood pours from Pat's mouth as she is stabbed once again. We see the figure place Pat on the skylight and wrap her with a thin white wire, grabbing it with a long-fingered hand with long black fingernails. Yes. I'm like, in my mind, just taking these notes. Yeah. Like, and this will come up. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. see that later. 
But the assailant stabs her several times in the chest, and in a close-up shot, we see her beating heart, which is promptly stabbed as well. Yeah. It was fucking overkill. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's just, like, rude. Yeah, well... Like, you've done enough. I feel like... <laughs> my yeah, actual you, fucking yeah. heart. You, you fucked me up enough, my heart that, is visible. Yeah. It's out. You don't need... I, That's like, bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen this in a film before. <laughs> no. <laughs> But Pat's head crashes through the skylight as Sonia runs downstairs just beneath it. The glass eventually gives way, sending shattered glass down to the floor below. The wire tears from the building's edge, snapping to cinch at a noose around Pat's neck, hanging her. The editing is amazing right there because you see it whip from her to her throat. And it's just like, ah, but her body twists slowly overhead and the camera follows the blood dripping down her feet, panning over to reveal Sonia's dead body impaled through the throat and face by the glass and metal from the skylight. She didn't even do anything. I mean, she was kind of rude about the window, but she didn't deserve all this. (laughs) I don't think that's proportional. (laughs) That's not fair. (laughs) She literally was just trying to help. Right. This is such a quick ramp up from what we've seen so far. Yes. And not to step on your script, but we go back to normality Immediately after this. It snaps like a very interesting yeah. cut. I mean, it's like so incredibly brutal because we're there for the whole stabbing. Right. Mm-hmm. There's like not quick cuts or like, I don't know. It's like you're there. It's like you're in that moment. I don't right. know. It's hard to explain. I think the thing about it is because you don't often, at least not at this time, because mm-hmm. slasher films hadn't really taken off. Right. And there's not like a shot of the knife like being raised or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you just see her getting like stuck and then her reacting to yeah, every yeah. one of them. It's just like in a way weirdly realistic compared to what we normally see. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like I know I'm not talking about the heart part because that was a lot. But <laughs> I was saying like we normally yeah, have uh, rib cages. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she's being attacked, it's very I don't want to say undramatic, but it kind of is. Right. Like now you'd see blood spraying out. Uh-huh. I mean even back then and and most other films, this mm-hmm. was just very like, oh it's like that's Are they too real. Really yeah. killing yeah. that girl? I mean it was 77, so yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Like maybe. <laughs> For me, I mean, for my money, I'd say this is probably one of my favorite opening sequences in a horror film. It's it's great because it's so jarring. Yes. Like, I mean, clearly this girl, something happened. Right. She's running away. We don't expect her to be safe, mm. but we weren't expecting this. No. Right, Immediately. Right. I wasn't. No, not at all. No, I, I did. This was one of the, uh, the art kind of when she's laying there Mm -hmm. i was like that just looks like art yeah it looks good it looks real good uh i i still don't know how they got up there so fast (laughs) but i mean you know i mean there's yeah i know circumstances uh, (laughs) but it it was uh i guess like you said because of how minimal the like there's not shit flying everywhere. Uh-huh. Or there's not techno music going. And then you're, <laughs> you're just uh, like, oh, yeah, shit. Like, yeah. Damn. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, but it does look good. Yes. I did enjoy this whole little sequence of what was going on there. I mean, she should have known because you could see the face behind the drawers or whatever she, was You should have backed the fuck yeah, up. But yeah, don't go back to the window. No, no yeah. never. Well, and it's funny because they're not on the first floor. No. So <laughs> even, even if you saw eyes yeah, out there. That makes it even it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I did read that six minutes of this film had to be cut to get an R rating for releasing in the United States. Huh. And I would imagine a lot of that six minutes probably came More from this. More of this, yeah. 
But they did say on commentary that Fox actually created another distribution arm. Mm -hmm. It was called International Classics, and they created it to release this film in the States because they were embarrassed by it. What? (gasps) Yeah. And the damn. Very fucked (laughs) up. That's rude. But the ridiculous thing is that it made so much money in the States that when Inferno came out, Fox is like, Fox presents. Of course. That's all that matters. It's fucking bullshit. But in a very quick cut. Yeah. The next morning, we see Daniel, a blind pianist played by Flavio Bucci, arriving at the academy with his guide dog. He ties the dog's collar to a railing outside the building and makes his way to the door. Susie then walks into frame, the sun shining bright, and the school looking much less ominous in the light of day. Yeah. But as Daniel closes the door behind him, she approaches it, opening it up instead of fooling around with the intercom again, because that was dog shit. Yeah, Yeah. fucked up. But inside the school, Miss Tanner, played by Alita Valley, enters the lobby. I don't know if you guys have seen Eyes Without a Face. Uh Uh-uh. Great film. Yeah. You should watch it. She plays, I think... Luis is her character, mm-hmm. but she's great in that as well. All right. But uh, is she little... as scary in that yeah. as she is in this? I <laughs> don't <laughs> think that's possible. I'm afraid of her. <laughs> but workers, dancers, and higher ups are scattered around the room. The walls a deep blue velvet. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is a school? Yeah. I was like, what fun- What are you learning? Yeah. Here, man? <laughs> <laughs> but we also see red light peeking from behind the door that Miss Tanner entered from. So there's a really nice contrast. Right. You got very interesting primary colors going on. Again, I said I wouldn't go on, so I'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but Miss Turner greets Daniel and immediately takes notice of Susie, asking if she can help her. Susie introduces herself, and Miss Tanner says that they were expecting her last night, and Susie explains everything that happened the night before, so Miss Tanner apologizes for whoever refused to let her inside. The way, it was just like, yeah, we were expecting you last night. I'm like, yeah, no. everybody, I'm going home. Like, (laughs) fuck this. I have not met one nice. They're all so fucking mean. I'm not cut out for this. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to go join Pat. Yeah. (laughs) But Miss Tanner introduces herself as one of the instructors and welcomes Susie to the academy. She then guides her to a group of people, introducing Susie to Madame Blank, the school's vice directress played by Joan Bennett. She says Madame Blank used to be a very famous ballerina, and she has a old Hollywood vibe. Absolutely. Like, I don't, there is something very, to me, very magnetic about her. Yes. I was like, I just, just keep, you keep talking. Like, yeah. I don't, her vibe, I don't know. Well, you, I, you can see people, and I know that if I were to talk to her, she would be full of stories. Absolutely. And I want to hear those stories. Yeah. <laughs> but Madame Blank looks Susie up and down and excuses herself from the group of gentlemen that she was visiting with before. I found the up and down look very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But she walks with Susie and Miss Turner, remarking that Susie is very pretty. She very lightly comments that the men she was speaking with are policemen. Then she quickly changes the subject that she knew someone by the name of Banyan years ago in New York, which, as it turns out, was Susie's Aunt Carol. Small world. Yeah. Yeah. But Madame Blank speaks very highly of Carol and says that she's delighted to have her niece here. She offers Susie an official welcome on behalf of the directress who actually isn't here currently and is traveling abroad somewhere. I'm sure that won't come up. Not at all. But Olga, a ballerina played by Barbara Maniolfi, walks by in the background thanking Miss Tanner for what we don't know. And even Miss Tanner looks a little confused. So I was like, why are we introducing her? What's going on? (laughs) 
But Madame Blanc then tells Albert, her young nephew, played by Jacopo Mariani, to wait for her upstairs. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I'm already put off by yeah. Albert. <laughs> I got nothing but v- bad vibes yeah. off of Albert. No, yeah. he's clearly an evil child. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even try to hide I was it. Like, did your nephew just escape from a haunted Victorian yeah. painting? <laughs> I'm terrified. There's just a blank yeah. spot somewhere. <laughs> But again, we always call it out when directors use people all the time, but he was actually in Argento's Deep Red before this. All right. <laughs> I, I, in my mind, Argento's like, oh, he's fucking creepy. Yeah, so we're gonna <laughs> we can bring him back. Keep using him. <laughs> but she tells Susie that she's very attached to Albert, but then gets to the point as the policemen are still waiting to talk to her. She says something awful happened last night. Pat Hingle, one of their students who was expelled for improper conduct, was murdered. Madame Blank then puts the blame on Pat, saying that she always warns her students not to get involved in questionable friendships. What? Yeah. yeah you need know. to elaborate. Yeah. If I get murdered, don't blame. <laughs> yeah. I told that bitch. Yeah. It's like, uh-uh. I said you're going to get murdered. Yeah. It's like, you're full of shit. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's garbage. But... How this affects Susie is that her room actually isn't free yet. Thankfully, though, they found her a place to stay with one of their third-year students who lives nearby. She'll have to pay $50 a week, but they can deduct it from her academy fee. I was going to flip out until she's like, you can deduct it from... Because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, yeah, we found a place for you to stay and you will be paying. (laughs) (laughs) I also looked up, though, that $50.77 was 230 something. God damn. A week. Damn. Well, Freiburg... Oh my God, damn. I know how much you're paying at the school. I don't want to know. If they're like, oh, we can... Deduct it from... That's chump change. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need that. Oh, no. like, what? Well, also, I feel like there are some connections here for Susie if her aunt's like, uh, you know, knows these yeah. people. Yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe this isn't that bad. Yeah. It would be bad. I couldn't. I'd leave the school. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm already on the plane back to America. <laughs> I'm swimming back to America. I, I can't fucking afford a ticket. <laughs> but Madame Blank then passes her back to Miss Turner telling Susie not to be sensitive to her surly and stern manner. She's like that with everyone. But then she excuses herself back to the policeman. So I personally, I mean, with everything that just happened, if Mm -hmm. I'm Susie, I'm not really feeling very many worries right now, even with Pat's murder. Right. Because I'm like, Miss Turner and Madam Blank seem to have shit on lock. Yeah. Well, and they make it sound like... Like they lead with, she was just expelled for improper conduct. Yeah. Right. I told her not to be hanging out. It sounds like she went and got herself into some trouble. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking up. But so it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, why would I worry? That has nothing to do with me. I just got here. I haven't made any shady friendships yet. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. You'd be worried. I, I, uh, nobody here, like you said, has been nice. Why do you really, if everybody's been a dick to me, you, I, I don't know if I want to well, believe you yet. Well, my feelings would still be hurt right, from, right. I, from no, the no, night no. before. Feelings are crushed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the vibes are all the way off. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, the only one that I would feel any kind of good about is mm. Madame Blank. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, she knows my aunt. She's mm. very welcoming. She said I was pretty. All I mean, right, all right. And then she's like, yeah, this happened, but deducted from like she seems very nice, very like overly accommodating. Everybody else, you yeah. know. So when you think about it, the room's basically free. Yeah. yeah. 
Because you're already paying. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to love it here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I feel like I would definitely be uneasy because there's got to be some kind of bad something that the day that you come, somebody was murdered. Yeah. I don't know. That just seems like a bad omen. There's something dark about that. Yeah. I would be very apprehensive, but I feel like mad and blank. I'd be like, okay, may- maybe like maybe this is going to be okay. I can see that, but I don't know. Still. No, like, it's scary. Yeah, it's and then when, like, uh, yeah. but you're related to that fucking kid. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, I like, am. Like, that's your nephew. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. Did he just walk through that? Yeah. But as Miss Turner takes Susie up the staircase discussing the curriculum, Mark, played by Miguel Bose, takes notice of Susie and they kind of smile at each other. Ah, uh, young love. Yeah. yeah. Remember what that was like? <laughs> <laughs> but Madame Blank returns to the police inspector, played by Giovanni Di Bernardo, and his two uncredited cohorts. <laughs> so I will say, I keep saying Madame Blank. Because that's how Miss Tanner pronounced it. Yes. And mm-hmm. I don't want my ass beat by Miss Tanner. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to say blank. So we're going to say blank. But looking at it, it should be blank. Yeah. Because even Italian, I would imagine. But we'll just take her word for it. But the inspector confirms with Madame Blank that Pat left school at 11 p.m. last night. Susie then interrupts from the staircase, <laughs> saying that she actually did see a girl leaving when she arrived last night. Madame Blank tells the police that Susie is a new student who just arrived and asks what the girl looked like. Her description matches Pat, which bolsters Madame Blank's story. And she's like, so you see, it really was 11. I love her eavesdropping yeah. and chiming in from the stairs. I was like, don't. I wouldn't have yeah. said a word. Not one word. <laughs> and I will say, because it makes me laugh, hilariously, the police never return. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, all right. Like, it's good enough for us. But I know I said that I was feeling good if I'm Susie trusting Miss Tanner and Madame Blank. Mm. But whenever Madame Blank is like, so I, you see, it really was 11. Yeah. That's now weird. Now I'm a little yeah. suspicious. Yeah. That's strange. A nice school we had once, yeah. right? <laughs> But Miss Tanner guides Susie upstairs to continue the tour of the academy. She says that they don't teach students how to dance here because they assume they already know how. All which right. <laughs> I think is very strange. <laughs> We're a dance academy, but I mean, what do I know? Whatever you say, Miss Tanner. Yeah, yeah, sure. But just then, they bump into Pavlos, the handyman played by Giuseppe Tranzocchi. According to the commentary, he had credits previous to this, Mm -hmm. but the rumor has it that Argento met him in a post office and cast him based on that. All right. Well, I mean, that's really cool until you hear what Miss Tanner's about to say. Very true. And then I'd be like, maybe don't cast me on your shit. I'm just going to be an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Also gave me a false sense of being discovered as a child. Yeah. (laughs) All all the time. Nay and I would walk around the mall in San Angelo, Texas, like waiting for talent scouts. Just waiting. Because it was going to fucking happen. Well, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) It still might. Maybe we should have gone to the post office. But Pavlos smiles with very large teeth, and Miss Turner remarks that he is very ugly. I literally gasped. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you to, don't have to do Pavlos like that. No, to his face. Yeah. To his face, to a girl that she just met. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? And now if I'm Susie, my opinion's changing of Miss Tanner. Oh, no, I already had a bad opinion of Miss Tanner. Well, I was scared of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. 
<laughs> but she tells Susie not to be afraid to say that he's ugly because he only speaks Romanian and wouldn't understand anyway. Classy as fuck. That's yeah, the worst no thing. Shit, I'm like, yeah. you are fucking trash. Like, no, talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> to his face. I, I just can't. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> See? He doesn't even know. He doesn't know what you're saying. <laughs> but she says then that he has a gorgeous smile and has been very handsome ever since he got his false teeth. Then she excuses him for him and he continues downstairs past them. Just very rude. Uh, incredibly rude. I was a little shook at the fact that Pavlos got all his teeth pulled out because he had gingivitis. Yeah. yeah. You can like, you can fix that. They did have Listerine in 77, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> like, it might have just been the gold one. but yeah. <laughs> Floss and use mouthwash, my yeah. man. You don't and need to like, pull them out. No. And she says it straight <laughs> up. She goes, he had the bottom ripped out in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and the top ripped out at night. I was like, and oh my also, God. Damn. If I tell you any of my business, are you going to rattle off my medical history yeah. to just random people? They don't. This is none of my business. No. <laughs> Can you show me where the locker room is, please? I came here to dance. <laughs> I already know how. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> since you don't fucking teach that. But the positive things return when she tells her that they have an on-site swimming pool that she can use 24-7. That is exciting. It's very oh, cool. Yeah. And we see later that that swimming pool is the fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> but as they head inside the locker room, which is filled with dancers getting ready, a girl approaches Miss Tanner saying that she has something to tell her. What kind of shit is that? I don't know. And yeah. she says it very yeah. like... <laughs> like it's like shifty yeah. I have to tell you I know I've been talking a lot about vibes already but in this locker room they're all the way off no, yeah. as soon as we walk in here I want to leave like yeah. it's bad no it takes you back to almost like high school yeah. right and so now that we're here, I feel like because I did read this first on IMDb uh -huh. and I know anything that we read there, you kind of have to take grain, it of, grain salt. of salt. But I did watch a lot of videos on YouTube and they mentioned it as well. If this is completely wrong, just check me. But what I heard was that when this was written, they were all supposed to be like 12. That is correct. But they were like, you can't be doing this shit to children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they made them older, but they kept all the dialogue and stuff. There is a very funny moment because I saw an interview with Argento where he was talking about that. Mm -hmm. And he says, if you really pay attention, you can hear some of the dialogue that was left. And I'm like, you don't really have to pay that yeah. much. <laughs> Do not at all. There are moments that are like, are you 12 yeah. years old? <laughs> once I read that and heard that, it, something kind of clicked for me. Yeah. And I was like, that oh. makes so much sense yeah. because of the way that they act with each other, the way a lot, it is extremely childlike. It is. Yeah. And we're going to get to something in a moment where I was like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? <laughs> that was the moment that you really had to pay attention yeah. <laughs> otherwise otherwise you'd miss it but to me that just made a lot more sense because if you imagine this with younger children right. really especially this scene yeah, yeah it's like okay that makes a lot of sense it does it does here yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> but olga who we met briefly as she was walking behind mrs tanner earlier she is behind a shelf and she calls the girl a tattletale and the girl's like, who said that? Even though she's right there. Yeah. <laughs> it was Olga. <laughs> but Miss Tanner puts a stop to all of it, introducing them all to Susie and pointing Susie to her locker. She says she can find everything there except for shoes, which she'll have to borrow from someone who has an extra pair. I thought it was strange that Susie didn't bring shoes. 
Yeah, well, I mean, she didn't even know if she's going to be let inside. I guess, oh, yeah. but this feels really like you better already know how to dance. Yeah. It feels very BYOS. You would think, what, bring your own shit? Your shoes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One would think that she's like, oh, you don't have shoes? You'd, you're not cut out for the exactly. Tans Academy. <laughs> exactly. That's what, especially Miss Tanner, like yeah. she's very no nonsense. It's like, a, why did you come at all if you didn't come prepared? Like, right. that's what I get from her. It's like if you showed up on Hell's Kitchen without your chef knife. Oh, yeah. No. Gordon's going to send you right Fuck the off. <laughs> <laughs> You're hanging up your chef's coat yeah, immediately. Uh, the fucking frame lights on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he just wasn't prepared. Yeah. But Miss Tanner tells the girl to hurry up and get changed and says that she'll be waiting for them in the red room. Now, this being Suspiria, that could be any one of these rooms. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But as soon as Miss Tanner leaves, Olga starts cracking wise to the laughter of the other girls. Olga then approaches Susie, and we learn that she's the third-year student that Susie will be staying with. Olga then reminds her of the $50 per week and says that Susie will have to pay in advance. Like, damn. Yeah. It was pretty fucked up. Yeah. And Susie's like, what, you don't trust? And then she says something along the lines of, that's just how all people are here. Yeah, yeah that's how we do it here. It's, it's like, like, fuck. Damn. Yeah. but she walks off all snarky and Susie asks a blonde dancer if she can borrow a pair of shoes the dancer tries to sell them to her for 15 marks I said borrow and that mean lady told me to borrow exactly (laughs) if you got a problem take it up with fucking Miss Tanner that's the way people are (laughs) (laughs) just told you yeah you just learned that Susie says that she's only interested in borrowing them for the day she has her own shoes and the dancer like reluctantly allows it. Yeah. But she's like, don't forget to give them back. I said borrow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do words mean the same thing here? <laughs> but she sits down to put them on, accidentally knocking over a purse belonging to Sarah, played by Stefania Cassini. Sarah collects her belongings back into her purse, including a vintage lighter with a clock face on it and a fairly full money clip. Hmm. She asks Susie if they shook her up with all the talk about money, saying that it shook her up in the beginning, but then she realized it's a common habit here. So we see the stuff on the ground and your eyes are supposed to be drawn to the money Mm -hmm. because that's what we're just talking about. Yeah. But that lighter is so important in this film. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very like slight hint. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very smart filmmaking. But this is when Olga sidles up next to Susie, addressing the two girls. Susie... Sarah. She says that she once heard somewhere that names beginning with the letter S are the names of snakes. Olga begins to hiss at Sarah (laughs) as Sarah angrily sticks her tongue out at Olga over and over. Now, I was paying very close attention yeah. to this. <laughs> I feel like this may be leftover dialogue from when they were supposed to be kids. I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be a great time. Like, well, poor yeah, Susie is just I, fucking sitting dude, there. Dude, she sat in the middle of oh them, my- too. Yeah, I've. that was my first note, was how old are these yes, girls? Yes, yes. Uh, but thinking about it now then that would explain why she's like borrow some from somebody else and not just like hey you don't got shoes fuck out of here you I know guess. what I mean yeah. they, you can't just kick the kid out that is true um, but it was I don't know this felt very weird I was like I hope this is not <laughs> what's <laughs> can, happening can we leave this here yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> my thing is I've never seen anybody stick their tongue out angrily yeah. Like, yeah it's usually <laughs> very <laughs> playful <laughs> she's like mm. but I was like god damn <laughs> she was fucking <laughs> she was she did not take that well at all 
And honestly, I mean, the names of snakes is not that bad. Yeah, that was just Apparently weird. it is. Yeah. Maybe in fucking Freiburg this means. <laughs> Those fighting words. But we then cut to Olga's apartment where she is painting her fingernails a Dario Argento's deep red. (laughs) The polish looks a little rough. Well, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) But she says that after she finishes her coursework, she has an offer from the State School of Ballet in Geneva. When asked what she'll do after the academy, Susie says that she'll probably just return to the States. But she thanks Olga for the room and says that it's very pretty. I want to point out the wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. The production designer was a guy by the name of Giuseppe Bassan. Mm-hmm. And I think that the work he does in this film is just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Every room has character mm-hmm. and the school itself, even the fucking hallways. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just it's very well done. But Olga says that she's glad she likes the room and that she thinks the two of them will get along quite well. Susie's like, even though I have the name of a snake, (laughs) (laughs) what happened to all that snake energy back in the fucking? You were very clear about that. (laughs) You were hissing at us. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't have been more. (laughs) But Olga says that she was just joking around, and she hopes that Susie isn't as touchy as Sarah because Sarah took it pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) But the phone rings, and Olga answers it. Susie then heads to the front door where she is met by Mark, who is delivering her bags. She thanks him and asks if he wants to stay for a minute, but he says that he has to get back to the academy, which is actually where he lives, because apparently they get very pissed off if you're late for dinner. Yeah, I don't like that. No. No. And the way that he is so like, no, I can't stay. (laughs) He's like, don't fucking touch me. I got to go back. (laughs) Fucking jumps out the window. (laughs) Crashes through. I was like, oh, shit. It's very serious. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be fine. He does that all the time. Uh, Yeah, he just enjoys the salad, man. (laughs) What can I say? But he does. He sticks to his guns because she asks him again, but he does give a kind goodbye to Susie and Olga before leaving. It's more than a kind goodbye. This is like he's making the eyes. Oh, he is. There was no subtlety at all. It's like, okay. Well, everything's on an 11. Yes. It's like, I'm in love with Susie. (laughs) (laughs) But I cannot stay. (laughs) Yes. They will beat my ass. (laughs) (laughs) But Olga remarks that Susie has caught one, saying that Mark was even blushing. But she says that Mark doesn't have any money, and that's why Miss Tanner keeps him under her thumb with a thousand and one chores to do. The way she says it, like, yeah, he's cute, but he's but, uh, broke as shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, okay. She even does the money sign. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. Thanks. But she tells the person on the phone to give her some time to think something over before hanging up. Speaking to Susie again, she says that Mark is really cute and that Pat liked him a lot. She says it's a shame what happened to her and remembers Susie saw her shortly before she was killed. Susie confirms this, saying that Pat was acting strange and mumbling to herself. Olga says that Pat felt terrible about being expelled, but that she deserved it. Pat was always causing trouble. What did she do? You don't know. I was like, someone needs to elaborate. Is this just the party line? Right. Is this what we have to say? I. I, Or is this was Pat really fucking up? I don't know. I'd like to know. But Susie remembers her brief encounter with Pat, remembering a little more this time around. She remembers Pat saying the word secret and either iris or lilac, some type of flower, 
Olga's like, secret flower? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> it's funny because like as time goes on, my memory gets worse. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is a Susie's amazing. <laughs> She's not like us, man. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I did read that this is a I, I've only seen like maybe five Argento films, mm-hmm. but they say that this is a plot device he uses a lot where the memory Remembering comes more. back. Yeah. Yeah, over time. Uh, you know, brains in the seventies were for sure. Were just yeah. very, they're impressive. But Olga says that Pat was a busybody, and it would have been very easy for her to find out dirt on any of them. So I was like, "All right, the plot thickens." Right. And this is where I'm kind of getting like Giallo vibes mm-hmm. because we kind of have a murder mystery. Right. Yeah. We don't well, know. It's like, what did she find out yeah, that yeah. she got killed for? And who killed her? Yeah. Right. So I mean, there's a lot of uh. Hmm. But we cut to the next day at dance practice in the red room. A piano plays as various dancers gracefully move around the room. I was like, I guess we're all just doing our own yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's really do what you feel like I going guess. on. Yeah. I think that's the thing is that despite the fact that they are a dance academy, yeah. we never really see them practicing for anything specifically. No. Yeah. There, there's not like a big show at the end of the, <laughs> yeah. no. the end of the semester or whatever. We're just fucking around. So yeah, yeah, we're just you guys already know how to dance. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> so dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like shooting at their feet. <laughs> <laughs> but Sarah catches up with Susie, asking her how she likes the room at Olga's. Miss Tanner then enters the room, alerting eight dancers whose names were on this morning's list to join her in the yellow room. Madame Blank then enters, approaching Susie to tell her that the room in the academy is now ready and she can move in whenever she wants. Susie, however, would prefer to stay at Olga's, drawing very passive ire from Madame Blank, who tells her, if that's what you want, then so be it, before walking off. I was like, how was that hostile and passive aggressive at the same time? Yeah. I think it was the way she turned. I was like, right. God damn. Because her tone was very even. Yeah. But when she like whipped her head around, I'm like, oh, she's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is that a bad thing that she wants to stay over there? Or? I don't I mean, think so. I mean, it's her preference and she's paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. But then it kind of puts you in the mind of ulterior motives. Why do you want Susie so close? So badly. Yeah. yeah and that you're like, Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Miss Tanner sees it all and tells Sarah to excuse herself and then compliments Susie for being so strong willed. Because she's like, I guess, or something like, it's clear that once you've made up your mind, nothing will change it. Yeah. yeah. It's like she mentioned it once and I said, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're acting like they're like, we'll give you a thousand dollars. like, it wasn't. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that wallpaper? Yeah. <laughs> it's exquisite. It's amazing. And I think the thing is, is that it was very calmly handled, too. Yeah, right. the way that it was brought back up again. I don't know. I would feel very put off. Yeah. Like, that would bother me. Right. And then you're kind of fucking pitting me against the vice directress. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, like, yeah. Miss Tanner, I'm already scared <laughs> of you. Like, don't fucking. <laughs> I'm terrified Jesus already. Christ. But Miss Tanner heads off to the yellow room and Susie heads out into the hallway. In the hallway, the eerie theme begins to play as Susie encounters Albert and Cook, played by Franca Scagnetti. Cook is shining a sharp-looking piece of metal, the point of it catching the light and shining directly at Susie. I don't know what this is. Okay, I was really hoping you did. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume it's a piece, like it's some kind of cutlery maybe. Yeah. But it looks like a weapon. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? 
I don't like what's going on. No, and yeah. then the fucking little shit Albert's just smiling. He, well, he's a ghost. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he's from the, maybe that was his pose from the painting that he <laughs> leapt out of. But we hear a voice possibly in the score because we've heard it before. Just shout, witch. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so that's what's, yeah. <laughs> that's what's going on. So is that what the light in the eyes was for? Possibly. <laughs> It's funny because I watched this with subtitles to get everything proper. Yeah. And this is the only time I believe that when witch is shouted, it says voice witch. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, but I've heard it like 10 times before. But Susie begins to look a little worse for wear, grabbing her head and using the wall to guide herself through the hallway. There is a cool moment of symbolism because as she continues down the hall, she's brightly lit, but then she dips into shadows and it's almost like, oh, so this is the... A descent. Exactly. Yeah. Like the turning point. But interestingly as well, on commentary and in that Argento interview, they said that they made the doors very tall mm-hmm. and they put the handles toward the middle of the door right? so that it would appear that the actresses were smaller as they yeah, walked through yeah. the hall. <laughs> And it kind of put me in the mind of like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> Argento's like, they are children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can make me cast adults. He's like, yeah. yeah, I'm getting my fucking way. So that's how today ends, right? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but Susie finally makes it to the yellow room where Miss Tanner, Daniel, and the other dancers are waiting. Sarah checks in on Susie, who says that she feels weak and that if it gets any worse, she'll just stop dancing. She's like, I'll just rest for a minute. Yeah. Does Miss Tanner look like she's big on rest? Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> what makes you think that that's an option here? Well, what we learn is that she's not big on any kind of kindness. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> she instructs Daniel to begin playing, and she counts time as the other dancers begin their steps. She approaches Susie, who politely asks for a moment as she isn't feeling well. Miss Tanner reminds her that this is their first time working together, so she wants to see what Susie can do. <laughs> She's like, what you got? I pick up some sticks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that piano, girl? Yeah. <laughs> but she tells Daniel to continue playing, and Susie gives it her best shot, but she is really struggling. Miss Tanner provides no leniency, (laughs) counting louder and singling Susie out. I just told you I'm sick. Yeah, she really is. She's like, be a pick up and feet. (laughs) (laughs) She literally tells her, she's like, get those legs up higher. I was like, God (laughs) damn. But Susie continues the steps until she can't take it anymore and collapses. Mark looks concerned and Miss Tanner looks disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I don't think she feels well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Something might be wrong she with She might Susie. have mentioned that, yeah. I think. <laughs> but the camera presses in on Susie's face and we see that she is bleeding from her nose and mouth. Yeah. So I don't know if Miss Tanner has feelings or whatever. Yeah. No. I'd feel like shit. <laughs> I'd be like, I really pushed her when I probably... Yeah. <laughs> I should have let her rest. Yeah. Now you got a lawsuit on your hands. <laughs> But later, Madame Blanc enters the room where Susie is resting in bed, scattering a crowd of girls who are gathered outside. A teacher, played by Margarita Horowitz, is holding her by the shoulders as Miss Tanner forces a glass pitcher of water down her throat, telling her to drink to replenish what she lost from hemorrhaging. I I gotta tell you, first of all, water does not turn into blood. No. secondly... There's science. (laughs) Leaves a lot to be desired. Drink more water for blood. Secondly, this bedside manner needs a lot of work. Yeah. No shit. It's clanking up against her teeth. I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) 
But Professor Verdegast, played by Renato Scarpa, stands in the doorframe of the restroom, confirming that the blood and water is true. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's right. I do want to point out the use of green light in this scene and Verdegast because Verde is green in Italian. Mm. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Also, Verdegast is a reference to a character played by Bela Lugosi. Oh. So I thought that was cool, too. But he assures Madame Blanc that it's nothing and says that it's the fault of the exercises. Since Susie is so out of practice, it caused tiny tears in internal ligaments, hence the hemorrhaging. That doesn't seem right to me, but I don't know enough about dance. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was like, first of all, rude. He's like, this bitch is out of yeah. practice. Okay. So is the assertion here that she was <laughs> so out of practice that her ligaments tore and bled and the blood came out of her mouth? She went too hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she got her legs up too yeah. high. See, you thought football coaches were bad. Yeah. yeah fucking, Take a salt tablet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Miss Tanner's like, move it, move yeah. it, move it. <laughs> <laughs> you can arrest when you're dead. <laughs> God, God damn. damn. I was like, I don't know why you're tackling me. Like, <laughs> this is ballet. I just came here to dance. <laughs> but Madame Blank says that Susie is starting to get her color back, and Verdegast injects her with something, saying that she'll be back on her feet in two days, good as new. I do want to point out. He is called Professor Verdegast. Not doctor. Not Dr. Verdegast. So I'm very concerned. I noticed that too. Like, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah, no. As soon as he was like talking medical, I didn't even notice the (laughs) professor. I was just like, okay, they got a crazy doctor here. Yeah. And something, you know what I mean? Something feels wrong. He may be a doctor, but I still don't trust him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I still need to look up this whole blood and water thing. Yeah. I I know fluids are good for you, but I don't know how this translates (laughs) directly to, and I quote, more blood. Yeah. But oddly, Susie notices that her bags are in the room. Madame Blank says that Olga brought them over as soon as she heard and even returned the $50 that Susie paid her. Susie is confused by this, but Verdegast then gives his orders. Bland food for a week with a glass of red wine to strengthen her blood and be sure to call him if she starts hemorrhaging again, which is possible. Cool, cool. <laughs> All right. Like, yeah. Red wine is red and so is blood. So, so you can yeah. just stop that right up. <laughs> yeah. Your it's body's like, oh, shit. cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. The, the red blood cells are just kicking back. <laughs> yeah. She drank wine. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you see? Man, when when she was like, we brought your stuff, I immediately she was Ralph. She was like, I'm in danger. I was like, <laughs> yes, oh. Because it was like, you didn't yeah. want to move here? Guess what? You live yeah, here we now. we brought you here. And in, my, like, oh, in uh-huh. my mind, because clearly there's some devious shit going yeah. on, uh-huh. I'm like, what happened to Olga? Yeah. That too. That she's like, oh, she brought your stuff. I'm concerned. Like, there's something... nefarious and then she didn't keep any of the money or whatever yeah yeah no and if i'm not mistaken i believe that we might not see olga again i can't remember but i've something dashed my theory that olga is no longer with us (laughs) i don't know if it's a mention of her later or if we do see her but i'm trying to remember now because but i felt the fact that you don't see her i mean like you could have had her standing in the doorway and like they said you needed you know, to be around this professor that's pretending to be a doctor. (laughs) I don't know, but I just, it's very weird that we don't see her. Uh Uh Her bags are backed 
and she returned your money because Olga kind of seemed like she liked money. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of it, it's all very weird and suspicious. Yeah. I don't like any of it. I think my if she does pop up again, the reason I forgot is because it kind of becomes it you think is leading in the direction of like Susie and Olga are gonna form this strange friendship. Right. Yes. And then it completely and they don't. Yeah. It yeah. pivots and you see Sarah yeah. Yeah. and Susie. But I will say that I did feel the same concern because literally if you follow the fucking trend, she crossed Madame Blanc. Yeah. Yes. Gets sick. Yes. And then in the end, Madame Blanc gets exactly what she wanted. Yeah. yeah. That thing that I told you to do and you said no, we're doing that. Yeah. 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 And now you fucking gotta drink wine every day and you yeah. can't eat. <laughs> so it's like Dude, and goddamn bland food. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst kind. <laughs> But Professor Veritagast says that Susie's in good hands and then he rubs her head like a dog and breaks out. <laughs> I just, I can't. This, <laughs> this man entirely, I don't know what the fuck to make of yeah. him. I almost feel like he's like Dr. Toboggan. That he right. <laughs> Mantis Toboggan. But I know it's weird, but if she was 12 and he just patted her head, True. it makes more sense. look weird? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I mean, feel probably you know, not. a kid, like, you yeah. know, yeah. ruffle her hair. I was like, it's... Jessica Harper is 28 here. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it would make more sense for a kid to be like, well, that's what they said. Yeah. They said to yeah, drink this. They true. said to eat this. Right. I'm sorry, but in all honesty, if I'm new here and all this stuff and a, what I assume to be a doctor is telling me all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if part of my fucking therapy is drinking wine. Yeah. yeah. You got yeah. it, boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But in the next scene, Sarah, who is now Susie's next door neighbor, comes in to check on her. Susie is up on her feet, heading back into her room after looking at herself in the bathroom mirror. She tells Sarah that Olga kicked her out, hypothesizing that Olga assumed she had something contagious. She says she can't stand living in a boarding school like a 10-year-old. This might be some of the old dialogue. Yeah. She's like, I'm 12, <laughs> goddammit! 12 and a half! I'm almost a 13-year-old girl! <laughs> But Sarah, who has lived here for a while, chooses not to take offense to that, instead telling Susie that she's got her strength back, which is good. Susie says that she feels as if nothing happened at all, and she credits this to Professor Verdigast. Sarah snaps back, asking, Verdigast, he came to look at you? Why did she react like yeah. that? This, to me, I feel like there is something unspoken regarding Pat. Right that we don't learn that we're supposed to glean from that. Mm. All right. Because we learn more about Sarah and Pat. Right, right. But that that's the only thing that makes sense to me. That Yeah, I was like, okay, oh? yeah, yeah. And then they never say. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they get interrupted immediately. Yeah. yeah. Because Pavlos knocks on the door, coming inside to bring Susie her meal on a tray. He picks up and admires Sarah's lighter before leaving, the clock one that fell out of her purse. Yeah. And Susie says that she might want to hide it, but Sarah doesn't think Pavlos would be a thief. She's like, he's just ugly. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can tell him to his face. <laughs> the way they zoomed in on the lighter, I was like, we're definitely never going to see this lighter again. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't matter They're at like, all. They're uh, like, twice was enough. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to see that again. But Susie tells Sarah about the restricted diet she's on. And Sarah's like, a restricted diet with wine? She's like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, sign me the fuck up. But Susie says that that's all Verdigas' idea. But then an alarm sounds, signifying 15 minutes until dinner. So Sarah rushes off to get changed. Yeah. <laughs> they don't fuck around about dinner. <laughs> but Susie sits at her vanity, combing her hair, when suddenly a wind rages outside her window, rattling it. Sarah in the other room is fully changed, but she shivers, brushing something off her before leaving. 
Susie, on the other hand, continues brushing, but something moves through her hair. She combs through it with her hand, and in a very tight shot, we see that she pulls out a wriggling maggot. I would fucking throw up. I know I say that all the time, but I would literally throw up. Oh, yeah, that shit's gross. (laughs) Maggots, oh my God. God. Like this time I mean it. One of the fucking worst. Oh my God, I can't. But she recoils, shaking her hair and eventually looking up to find that the entire ceiling is covered in maggots. Oh, somebody get Del Gribble on the phone. (laughs) He'll know what he's doing. He's the only one that can help us now. Absolutely. He'll smash them one by one. (laughs) But we also get a shot of a girl waking up in fright as her face is covered in maggots. All the girls rush into the hall as tense music pulses. Miss Tanner comes to investigate with Cook and Mark, and she tells the girls to go downstairs as the three of them head into the attic. Bathed in blue light, they crunch over the maggot-covered floor to discover a crate full of spoiled food, absolutely full to the brim with maggots living their absolute best life. Oh yeah, no, they're having a great time. Uh, Miss Tanner does not give a fuck the way that she like stomped over there oh, yeah. Yeah. and opened up i would not want i would be so terrified there's a dead body in there i'm yeah. positive like i would be so scared to see what was in that trunk i think that the maggots are also scared of her yeah <laughs> they're like i'm sorry yeah, please don't we were just very hungry we're late for dinner <laughs> but downstairs in her office madame blanc apologizes to everyone for what happened saying that they ordered that food from a business that they thought was reliable She's like, well, this is embarrassing. (laughs) I thought it was weird that the food was in the attic and not in like the kitchen or a cellar. Yeah, that's true. I feel like that's a weird place to store perishable food. Yeah, and and I don't know. We learn later that the kitchen is just in their hallway. Yeah. Yeah. So they like, I gotta go up to the attic to get like. That's (laughs) That's so weird. weird. Just put it there. And uh, and I did laugh because. (laughs) She apologizes and she's like, we thought that place was reliable. And a girl just screams out, one got in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) You think this shit's okay? (laughs) Fucking doing stand up. I'm scarred for life. (laughs) (laughs) But Madame Blank looks on the bright side. It only affected the floor below the attic. All the other floors are fine. Oh, so just where we fucking sleep yeah. with, <laughs> and with it, our mouths open. Yeah. <laughs> it does make me laugh because she pivots from that girl. We'll look on the bright side. <laughs> <laughs> but she says that the boys and the workers have turned the practice hall into a makeshift dormitory for the night and sends Albert out to go check on their progress. She says that she understands that some of the girls would rather stay in a hotel, but it's already very late and it'll only be for one night. She's like, I don't know if you know how I feel about people sleeping off ground. Yeah. <laughs> if Madame Blank has one pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> she does not like it. No. I will say that Madame Blank's office is uniquely decorated. Yeah. Uh, there is interesting decor on the wall. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it there. Yes. <laughs> But we see the practice hall now filled with beds and the walls draped in white sheets. I would fucking hate this. No, really? yeah. It's for yeah. one night. Hey, oh, my dude, God. Okay, fine. Go sleep in your maggot bed then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that the, that the maggot bed is better. Yeah. I would hate this. So you're like, yeah. both, both options suck. Yeah. Fucking hot morning breath and night farts all night. Yeah, I, it, I, that's, it's horrible. I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> how how up on these people are you? Well, Th- those beds were no, they were for me. They were too close. They were yeah. a little close, but I don't think you're gonna be smelling their breath. 
<laughs> but it's collective breath. I don't know. I don't like it. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, had to go through a similar kind of situation. Oh, yeah. When I passed through Lubbock, we had to sleep in a rec room and it was like that. Oh, shit. All the mats next to each other. Did it stink? Oh, no, yeah. I no, fucking yeah. told it, you. It, it, Look, it was, all right. I didn't it, know we had I mean, someone with first-hand yeah. experience. <laughs> well, I mean, where I was wasn't a school. I mean, uh-huh. it was a type of school. But right. I mean, <laughs> it, uh, so maybe I'm sure they had showers and they were fine. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, it still, it still gets kind of hot. I, I just I don't think I would be sleeping. It'd be fun if we're all like staying up and talking yeah. and playing games and stuff. Well, I mean, I feel like this vibe is kind of like a sleepover with the tent. Yeah, yeah, that's you stay up, watch movies, play, do the fucking cootie catcher. Uh, that's yeah, great. Well, I don't think I'm not, uh, I don't think I could sleep. Well, instead of TV, we got very Hot bright breath. red lights. <laughs> <laughs> very conducive to a good night's sleep. Yeah, don't have you ever slept in an oven or anything? <laughs> <laughs> when Kenny Rogers chicken moves. exactly it's, it's very warm and comfortable but later that night the girls have filled all the beds and morale is surprisingly high after what they just experienced they're probably like running on adrenaline yeah. <laughs> but Madam Blank even says that she and the other teachers will be staying in here with them Sarah says that all the teachers live in town and usually leave after dinner at 9.30 like clockwork so this is a big deal Madame Blank then bids them goodnight and shuts off the lights. Red light peers through the makeshift drapes, and we see silhouettes of the staff's beds and sleeping arrangements. Mark also peers over the drapes, blowing a kiss to Susie, who smiles. I was like, we're just (laughs) going to smile and act like that's not creepy as fuck? Yeah, he even like waves all like weird (laughs) (laughs) disappears behind the drapes. You just blew it, dude. No, it's It's too late. Whenever I was fucking getting checked on by Veritagaz, where were you? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't check on me. (laughs) And also, I do want to point out that it is very interesting. This is the extent of their relationship. Right. Yeah, that's it. Like, they tried to... Well, I guess it makes sense that they're kids in the script. That's true. Yeah. Because it's got to be this, like, cute little playful thing of him being terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay, if a 10-year-old boy did that, okay. Right. That's not okay, but I can see how a 10-year-old would be like, I'm just going to wave at her. I have a crush on her, whatever. Yeah. Uh yeah. This is, is supposed to be a grown man, like... No, it's creepy. Somebody, yeah. I'm calling the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is too much. Well, they're not coming back. They've already yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> But one of the girls says that Mark has the hots for Susie, which is kind of weird because she heard, but then she stops herself because she's not much of a gossip. Sarah counters that she heard that that girl had the hots for Mark, but he wasn't down for it. This almost starts a fight. I'm assuming a pillow fight because she grabs a pillow. Yeah. Um, I she grabbed the pillow, but she looked like she really wanted to beat her yeah. ass. <laughs> She's like, this pillow is the only thing keeping it me safe. <laughs> <laughs> but another girl squashes it, saying that she's trying to sleep. Sarah looks fucking pissed, but Susie calms her, telling her to forget it. Su- Sarah's ready to fight. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Sarah's, mm. <laughs> Sarah's a really short fuse. Yeah. <laughs> Well, fuck, you said she's been there some years? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. She's like, I got beef with all yeah, these exactly. <laughs> This was the worst idea putting us all in one room. <laughs> but later that night, we glide from blue light over the curtains into red light and over the girls tossing and turning in their beds. In a silhouette, we see a figure in a sheer gown lie down in a bed behind the curtain. The music grows loud and intense as we see that that bed is right next to Susie and Sarah, separated only by a thin white sheet. It's Dracula back there? (laughs) (laughs) 
The person occupying the bed begins taking deep, labored breaths, which wake Sarah. Fearfully, she gets the attention of Susie, asking her if she hears the snoring noises. They ascertain that they're coming from right behind them, and it hits Sarah. The directress isn't away traveling. That's her right here. Sarah says a while back, she lived in one of the guest rooms under the top of the stairs, and one night, she heard someone coming in very late and getting to bed in the room right next to hers. Suddenly, she heard a strange snoring noise that she never forgot. They then listen in for the sound, deep, raspy, and straggling breaths followed by a low whistle. Sarah says she learned the next day from Madame Blanc that the directress came to the academy for a few hours and stayed in the room next to hers. So she knows for a fact the directress is here, there, right behind the sheet. The camera zooms into her silhouette as the music reaches a crescendo. This is just the first occurrence of very strange acoustics in the school. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is a fair point. But the way that Sarah, again, if these were children. Yeah. And the directress is kind of like almost this boogeyman type. This would make more sense. But I'm like, why is Sarah freaking the fuck out? Yeah. Like the directress could have come back early. I mean, she's very like, it was the same. Like, I mean, her intensity is again, 11. Yeah. You're old enough to be like, somebody needs to shut the fuck up. (laughs) We're trying to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. We're right here. If y'all yell at the directors like that, Miss Tanner is going to come beat that That is a fair point. He thought being late for dinner was bad. You're fucked. Not to get fucked up. But I will say that I, first of all, I love the way that this is shot. Yeah. The tight close-up. It's right. very intense. Yeah. yeah, everything. And I even think that her fear is actually kind of warranted and a little intriguing to me. Right. Because honestly, if you don't know anything about this woman and you only hear that she pops in and out yeah. and she is also the owner of the school, it's a little weird. Yeah. It's weird, but she's like terrified. Did you hear her? like she might die today (laughs) i'm actually worried yeah (laughs) also it adds to the mystery because it's like why would they lie yeah that she's not here right well why (laughs) that just raises a further question why is she sleeping out here (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know she doesn't have to sleep in one of the maggot rooms it's i mean it's gross in there but yeah fuck yeah you're not supposed to be here (laughs) but the next morning daniel arrives at the school again tying up his dog outside as usual he greets madame blank as he heads inside and she confers with a few workers that the maggot issue has been solved Miss Tanner then heads downstairs where Sarah meets her and she asks if the directress stayed here last night and Miss Tanner very quickly says that she did not. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) What what did you hear? (laughs) I snore. I snore. Really weird and scary. Just like the directress. (laughs) But she says that she's away on a trip and maybe she'll pay them a visit in a couple of weeks. Outside, Cook and Albert approach Daniel's dog. So Albert just has the one outfit or well, <laughs> the one he was a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> he's a ghost. Yeah. You ever see fucking ghosts having wardrobe changes? <laughs> <laughs> but after we see him approach the dog, we then pull back through an empty hallway as we hear the dog snarl and Albert scream in pain. So I do want to point out 
Daniel's dog is a German Shepherd. Right. I'm a cat person. I love German Shepherds a lot. No, yeah. yeah. But this might sound crazy, but when you watch movies from like the 70s or mm-hmm. older, do animals look different to you? <laughs> they like. <laughs> I feel like it's the same thing with people. Like people look of the time that they're in. Yeah. Like that's a 70s <laughs> dog. <laughs> when I saw that dog, I was like, oh yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like you said something similar when we covered the omen yeah Yeah. those dogs they just don't look the same they don't make them like that anymore no you guys remember when they cared about (laughs) putting dogs together (laughs) i don't know can't please (laughs) they're just shaking their heads it's already turned off yeah Or maybe there's a reason. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, like, look, veterinary medicine has yeah, changed <laughs> the appearance of dogs that happened in 1985 and ever since then. Who knows? <laughs> Let us know. But on a mission, Miss Tanner appears down the hall, walking forcefully and busting into the yellow room. Dancers are going through the motions as Daniel plays piano, but it all screeches to a halt. Miss Tanner smacks the piano keys and Daniel stops playing. She confronts him, asking if he knows what happened. They were midair, and yeah. she came in there screaming at them. <laughs> I'd be pissed. Well, yeah. Um, how the fuck would Daniel know what happened? He's been in yeah, here working no the whole time. Yeah. Like, don't come in here all crazy like that. <laughs> I understand well, that you're upset about the ghost child being hurt. Yeah. Yes. But that's Daniel didn't do it. It's not like he was like, bite him, dog, yeah. bite him. Oh, shit. I'm I gotta go, go play piano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm late. <laughs> like, come on. When the kid gets here, bite him. Yes. I'll be upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't Plausible there. Plausible deniability. <laughs> he wasn't there. But Daniel is oblivious, but she tells him that his dog bit Albert and took a chunk out of his arm. She says Madame Blanc had to take Albert to the hospital for stitches, and Daniel says that's impossible. He says his dog is a peaceful animal who would never hurt anyone. Albert must have done something first. He's like, except for ghost children. Yeah. <laughs> he really does not fucking Dude, like ghost children. it's always children. kids and animals who know. Yeah. <laughs> that dog knew. See, I'm no expert, but service animals, generally speaking, are not going to fucking act that way. No. no. So what happened? They fucked with the dog. Right. Yeah, the dog, the <laughs> dog saying, was chilling. They ran yeah. up on him. Daniel uh-huh, yeah. and the dog's defense. Yeah. That dog did not do that for no reason. No. I blame the child. Yeah. Ghost. <laughs> the ghost child. Yeah. The ghost child. Yeah. <laughs> he started haunting the dog. <laughs> the dog doesn't the, play that. No. He's like, he's not walking. Oh, yeah. no. no. <laughs> Is that kid fucking floating? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. But Miss Tanner mocks this notion, saying that if she ever sees that dog near this school again, she'll have him put to death. Daniel rises from his seat, furiously telling her that he won't allow this kind of talk. She says that since he won't allow it, then he and his dog can get out. She throws his coat and cane off of his chair to the center of the room. He reaches for them, and when they aren't there, he loudly shouts, You bitch! It is the hardest B I've ever heard in my life. I tried to recreate um, it. Yeah. No, it was fantastic because you bitch, who does that? Dude, yeah. I get that you're mad. That is fucking cruel. It is unbelievable. Yeah. I gasped. Yes. I couldn't believe even her, and she's a fucking monster already. Yeah. I couldn't believe that she did that. If you're kicking him out, hand him his things. Yeah, yes, I was get out. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're irredeemable. Mm-hmm. That was that's cruel. 
I'll go bite that kid right now. (laughs) Don't fucking act like that. But she screams for him to get out and he collects his things, putting on his jacket and navigating his way with his cane. But he reminds her because she did yell at him. He goes, I'm blind, not deaf. (laughs) And he's laughing. He really tickled himself. (laughs) But he just keeps laughing and he seems somewhat relieved to be leaving here for good. Uh, I would be too. And y'all need him. Yes. Yeah. Who's going to play piano? He, I was yeah. going to say, he's clearly very skilled. He can go somewhere else. Yeah, he'll find another school. Y'all needed him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You done goofed. Yes. But that night, Pavlos brings Susie her dinner again, but he doesn't answer when she asks how much longer she has to eat a restricted diet. After he leaves in a POV shot, she drinks a glass of red wine as Veritagast ordered. It made me laugh because she was complaining about the food, but she took that wine to the oh, head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. It's like, damn, what year is this? <laughs> <laughs> but later that night, Sarah hangs out with Susie in her room and they listen in as all the teachers leave at 930 after dinner, like clockwork, just as Sarah said. Susie seems out of it, but she notices something. The front door is on the left, but it sounds as though they're all heading right somewhere inside the school. Sarah realizes that she's right. She asks Susie where they could be going, but Susie is incredibly drowsy, drifting in and out of sleep. Sarah instead decides to count their steps as she listens in. She records what she hears on a pad of paper. From the ground in the hall, we watch as a woman walks through the hallway through an unknown door. Ghostly whispers and tense music grow louder as in POV shots, we travel through familiar and unfamiliar rooms of the academy before gliding through drapes blowing in the wind out of an open window and directly at the moon. Just amazing cinematography. It's really great. They were talking about, because they had asked, they said, is this a Steadicam or a Panaglide? Mm -hmm. And they said, no, they didn't have that in Italy yet. And so these fluid motions are just cinematography. Wow. Like, it's just incredible. You got on a skateboard. He was like, push me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's super impressive. This was the other instance where I was like, the acoustics in here are fucking insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know how they're hearing every single footstep. (laughs) No, they're going to the right. Yeah. One, two, three. Like, oh, my God. At least one of them's trying to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. Susie's just there asleep. Like, oh. Susie is. Yeah. Well, Going. Yeah. She was slamming that one. Yeah. <laughs> She's tired. But at a pub, German men and later Hosen are dancing together on a table as Daniel sits alone enjoying the ambiance. They were fucking getting it. The claps yeah. and smacks. I don't they know. Were yeah. fucking, I was impressed. If this is a traditional dance, I'd like yeah. to see that. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> But a server then guides Daniel to the exit as the men continue fucking killing it. Outside, now with his dog, Daniel walks on into the night, the music of the bar fading into the background as the eerie theme takes over. He makes his way through the streets, eventually stopping in the middle of a suspiciously empty town square, and his dog begins to bark. I'm incredibly worried for Daniel at this point. A hundred percent. I'm expecting to see some more you know green eyes in the night yeah, yeah. more hairy arms <laughs> like i'm i'm scared yeah because yes. he's all alone he's yeah just why is like, no one yeah. here it's a massive square it yeah. looks like yeah like a plaza or something it's yeah. completely empty but daniel tries to calm his dog asking him what it is he tries to continue on and make his way home but the dog isn't having it snarling and barking at invisible agitators daniel feels it too screaming who's there He gets no response, but in a bird's eye view, we fly over Daniel and his dog, and we see mysterious shadows cast against the buildings in the square. 
this was pointed out on commentary, and when you see it again, mm-hmm. it really does look like witches on broomsticks. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I just seen him, and I was like, are those it's people like, oh, running yeah. by? Yeah. What yeah. the fuck is that? Yeah. But the dog suddenly goes quiet until out of nowhere, he leaps up to attack Daniel, clenching his jaws around his neck. He brings Daniel to the ground, chewing his throat to a bloody mess. After Daniel dies, the dog begins to consume meat from the open wound, drawing the attention of nearby police. I was like, oh, now y'all want to come over here. Yeah. Yeah. I I have to be honest. That was literally the last thing (laughs) I expected to happen to Daniel. Hell yes. Yes. Yeah, I did not expect that. (laughs) At all. I know that, you know, I don't know if him biting Albert is kind of like, could be foreshadowing for that moment. I did not see it coming. No. I thought, sadly, that Daniel and the dog were going to be attacked, mm-hmm. and they were both going to meet the same fate. So did the dog attack the girl at the top of the building? <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw a hairy yeah, arm. Right, hairy arms. Arm. <laughs> hairy arms, yeah. check. Exactly. Were those dog's nails painted black? <laughs> like, show me that Tell dog. Me right yeah, now. Yeah. In the 70s, dogs would paint. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make them like that no, anymore. No, no, no. I will say, I, I feel bad for Daniel, obviously, but as he's dying, is he like, damn, maybe Albert was right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Albert. fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this did make me sad because I liked Daniel. Yes. Yeah. There's not a lot of redeemable characters in this film, <laughs> yeah. but no. I liked him. I was very sad to see, and the way that he goes yeah. out, yeah. I, I was very yeah. upset. And the graphic violence, again... The chewing of the neck, it's kind of like with uh, the heart that we saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, I'm not used to seeing this Yeah. Oh, no, they're, they're like, this shit is happening right yeah. now. Yeah, now, yeah. I will say, as much as I love this scene and the way it plays out, there, <laughs> it's clearly a dog-shaped glove. Yeah, I was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> what if I does not... <laughs> yeah, but you're so caught in the moment yeah. that it's like, holy fuck. Because you're so surprised that that just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched it, and then I was like, how they... How, I've, they trained the dog to bite this dude in the neck? Yeah. <laughs> and then when I rewind, I was like, that's, that's my... Yeah, I was like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a puppet. That's prob- triumph. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did hear... <laughs> On commentary, this took seven days to shoot. Oh, shit. Because of the rigging of the camera overhead. Oh, okay, okay. They also said it was the most expensive sequence in the film. Wow. Which I am genuinely surprised by. Yeah. Because there's some stuff we see later, and honestly, there's the skylight shit. scene. I was going to say there's shit we see later, and shit we've already seen. But I feel like that had to did be. Did they have to get like permission to clear this out, that's, maybe? Or are they mm, like... I think that was what kind of... That, that's an, a real place, I'm yes. assuming? Okay. Yeah. Because that was like... I was like... They built this shit. That, that's <laughs> the, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Fucking stone buildings. Yeah. And shit. yeah. I did also learn a bit of history about this site from our in an interview with Argento, uh-huh. which is kind of like, ugh, like unsettling. Yeah. But I learned that the beer house where Daniel came from. Right. Is actually where the Nazi party was born. <laughs> what Holy shit. And the square where he dies is the site of many Nazi rallies. Oh, Wow. Argento had said that the pure evil of that region wow. using those sites, it was meant to evoke this idea that evil is not something imaginary. Oh, okay. It's not. Yeah. And he said it exists in the real yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, with the most evil motherfuckers. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, God damn, you went there, man. Yeah. <laughs> but those guys were dancing. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were fucking killing it. <laughs> They didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not their At least fault. I hope, yeah. yeah. Just let them dance. They're happy. <laughs> but the next day in the locker room, Susie listens in as the girls recount the details of Daniel's death. So I guess Olga does return, 
because we do hear her say, you really can't trust those wolfhounds after all. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. Olga, come here real quick. Cause we well, need to, yeah. you just bring my shit yeah, back. Yeah. You don't say anything to me. And we never speak again. We never yeah. fucking <laughs> had a conversation about it. But my thing was how, like, I'm not saying that anybody was like BFFs with, daniel or anything but he was their musician and they practiced with him they were all around his dog every day they're like super chill about what just happened i I would be think about that i would be (laughs) incredibly shaken up if this person that i saw every day right just had his fucking throat ripped out (laughs) they turned into like like, man beware of dog what the fuck you know that sign (laughs) (laughs) daniel should have had that (laughs) that's what that sign was talking about they're turning it into like locker room gossip yeah i felt like it was very strange disrespectful oh yeah but they say that first pat is murdered by a madman and now this maybe the place is hexed hmm we zoom in on Susie's reflection in the mirror who appears to believe that a hex is a possibility i mean all signs point to hex yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is true but later Susie pays madame blank a visit in her office miss tanner tries to come in but is told by madame blank that she wants to speak with Susie alone coming from a bitch that loves to eavesdrop (laughs) that bitch was trying to eavesdrop (laughs) she's like oh Susie you forgot your dancing shoes (laughs) but she does she walks off in a huff like she's like god damn it she got caught but Susie says that she needs to talk about what's been going on lately and it's more than what just happened with Daniel she asks if anyone knows anything about who killed Pat Madame Blank says that the chief of police says that they have some promising clues, but Susie then tells her about the night that she saw Pat, which Madame Blank already knew, but she tells her something that she didn't know. The fact that Pat was mumbling strange words. She shares the words secret and irises, and Madame Blank says that she has no idea what any of that means, but says that they should alert the police immediately picking up the phone. It's very funny to me because when she says that she heard words, her ears perk up, but then when she hears that Susie doesn't know what they mean, she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's nothing. Yeah. But And then she fucking, she's like, <laughs> she you know. She shames her, yeah. too. She's like, and honestly, I'm surprised it took you this long to tell me. Yeah. It's like, dude. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but later, at the amazing swimming pool, Sarah tells Susie that she really fucked up. Because what if Pat was talking to someone else just inside the building that night? They go to a more secluded area of the pool in the water, which is clearly very cold. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah says they could have put them on the hunt for someone, which is a big deal because everyone knows that she was Pat's friend. She then drops the bomb. Pat was talking to her when Susie showed up, but something scared her and she ran away and the rest is history. She also tells Susie that she was the voice on the intercom who wouldn't let her inside. Oh, <laughs> you wow. fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, did, why did it take you so long to tell me that? Yeah. yeah. Look, after we get to the bottom of this mystery, we're going to have some words. Yeah. <laughs> it was wet as fuck outside. How hard it was raining <laughs> that night? But the camera peers over a balcony as eerie music sets in, and we get an overhead shot of the girls swimming. Gives you a really unsettling feeling that they're being watched. Yeah. Yes. But Sarah says that a lot of strange things have been happening and Pat took notes on them. Before she went away, she actually gave her all the notes that she wrote. She says that she only told one other person about this, Frank Mandel, a friend of hers who was in town for a convention, but she promises to let Susie read the notes tonight. Yes, bitch, show me everything. And this 
makes a lot more sense as to her motivation of where are they going and blah blah, blah what's yeah, going on yeah. if that was her friend exactly and her friend was murdered and everybody's just like well she fell in with the background <laughs> i would be trying to fucking figure shit out too yeah. that is true they're like i'll see you in the yellow room yeah. <laughs> what like, the fuck? my friend's nobody dead. cares yeah, no shit no one cares but that night sarah bursts into Susie's room waking her up in bed in a shocking turn of events sarah reveals that all the notes are gone Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. We were just fucking talking yes. about it. She begs Susie for help, but Susie can't shake herself out of her grogginess. Wouldn't you start to suspect maybe there's something yeah. in the wine? I would think I just can't handle the wine. Yeah. <laughs> this shit is strong. It's like, damn, German right, wine yeah. is fucking. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but Sarah shows her the notes that she took when she was counting the teacher's steps. Sarah says that it's the key to figuring out where they go at night. She asks Susie if she knows anything about witches, and Susie just passes out completely. Is anyone even dancing anymore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what we're focused on. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're even more about the mystery now, I think. Well, they can't fucking dance because Daniel's dead. Oh, they have oh, no music. Yeah. I mean, you can't even buy, buy a damn tape player. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as green light beams into the room from the window behind Sarah, she hears footsteps and chattering outside the door. Shaking with fear and tears streaming down her face, she realizes that she's got to get the fuck out of here. She shuts off the light and puts her ear to the door, the main theme returning and the room glowing in green. She looks over at her room door, seeing the light turn on. So she was right. Yeah. Yeah. They're on the hunt. They're coming for that ass. (laughs) She tries to wake up Susie again, but when that doesn't work, she just sneaks out the door. In a POV shot, we see someone enter Susie's room from Sarah's room and stand over her sleeping body. I was like, fuck. (laughs) Now I got to ask, huh? Are the gremlins doing the hook? Because I was, I was like, okay, this some scary shit. (laughs) They're in the booth. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking holding one ear. (laughs) I swear the, the whispers, I never understood if, they're part of the soundtrack. Yeah. Or if this is what Sarah hears. Okay. Because I was like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah. Either like, way, it, it's terrifying. And yeah. they, it does sound like criminal. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like earlier when they were saying witch, were they warning her? Or were they calling her a witch? See, I. Or is I, it just the music? Yeah. Or, <laughs> these are all great questions. <laughs> we will have to ask the band Goblin. Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> but once she's in the hall, Sarah takes off. Covered in red light, she makes her way to a door, but it won't budge. As she tries to descend the staircase, shadows approach from below, so she heads back into the hall. With nowhere else to go, she climbs up to the now maggot-free attic. We watch as a cloaked stranger walks through a bright yellow hallway with writing on the walls, opening up a case and retrieving a straight razor. There are also two pins in the case. We'll figure out what right. that's for. <laughs> but this is actually a cameo from Dario Argento. Ah, how funny. I thought that was neat. Oh, yeah. But Sarah creeps through the blue stillness of the attic, accidentally opening a secret passage in the wall. She hides in a corner as light pulses around the opening, whispers and hisses filling the air. She ventures on away from the opening, but is suddenly slashed across the face from the shadows. If you watch as she crosses these shadows, mm-hmm. you see two yellow eyes. Oh. oh, very faintly in the background. Did not notice that. Yeah. I didn't either. The whole time I'm just like, I don't think you're supposed to be here. Yeah. Oh, hell like, no. I have a yeah. crazy idea and like, hear me out. 
maybe we just get the fuck out of here. Well, like, Susie's I know, asleep. I, yeah. Well, Susie, I'm, I've only known you for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> My friend was murdered. Yeah, I feel like everyone is really downplaying the fact well, that her friend was brutally yeah. fucking killed. In all fairness, she is currently trying to get out. I guess. Yeah. She shouldn't have been like footsteps. It's like, no, nah, I'm withdrawing from the academy. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know where those go. It doesn't matter. No. One thing I will say, though, about the yellow eyes in the shadow is I feel like it's very similar to one of my favorite shots in John Carpenter's Halloween, uh-huh. where you kind of have Laurie against the doorframe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. I feel like Carpenter did a more dramatic version of it. Right. Because uh-huh. they don't really draw attention to the eyes here. No, yeah. I don't, need, I don't no, think yeah, I saw it. I didn't it. even notice it. But it might be a little homage. I love it. <laughs> my like Two of my favorite films coming together? Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? But after she gets slashed across the face, she crashes through a glass cabinet, screaming, and then heads into that secret passage, closing the door and locking it. Again, with the lighting, when she smashes through that cabinet, when the glass breaks, red lights beam through. Mm -hmm. It is so fucking cool. I'm sorry, man. I don't care. (laughs) I actually don't care if I'm being annoying at this point. (laughs) But she cowers behind the door and hears loud footsteps approaching. A blade then peeks through the doorframe, attempting to unlatch the lock. Sarah backs away from the door, hiding in a corner as the suspenseful music builds. I was like, don't just watch it happen. She's got to formulate a plot. I don't know. I, this uh, is not final girl energy right here. Yeah. Well, she's she's not Susie. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I mean, dude's got or whoever's trying to come after her uh-huh. has got the shoehorn through the door. <laughs> hit it with something uh-huh. or grab it or try. I mean, you're really going to let this person pick the lock like, hold on yeah, i'll get really- it right now hold on it's like no but they lock really it back no lock it back don't help me yeah <laughs> i'll get it yeah. i'll get it in all fairness it almost you remember in signs where the aliens are just making noise yeah that's what this feels like to me uh, because okay. there, there's no yeah. yeah there's no urgency whatsoever no. it's like uh i feel like <laughs> i feel like what's coming up next is the real plan okay and that this was just like no get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah. right you know but and on all honesty, I mean, I really I wouldn't want to grab the blade, even if you like put your foot. She's not wearing any shoes. Yeah, she, she's made of very weak skin. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of blade would very easily cut through. <laughs> but this is when she looks up, noticing a small window near the top of the wall illuminated in orange light. She stacks a few crates and climbs up. And the stranger is still fucking with the lock as she makes her way through that window in very low light. She sees a door across the way, but when she leaps down to make her exit, she falls into a heap of razor wire that is, for some reason, covering the floor. I was like, not the razor wire yeah. room. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. where we keep our razor wire. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't look down, Sarah. I will say I have I have what I think is a good reason because okay. you saw <laughs> you saw whenever she was in Susie's room, right. and the light was on. There were just those hints of green behind her. Right. Mm-hmm. But when she turned off the lights, they were covered in green. Right. Yeah. When they were in the room that was made into a makeshift so dormitory. Dark. Exactly. It was very, it was nothing okay. but red. So that's, that, that answers my question because that's what I thought. I was like, you can't tell me you right. didn't see like Sarah. The, I, the razor wire pit. No. It's like, the, it's, it's, <laughs> it's right there. Clear as day. Yeah. I could have warned you, but yeah. I was very into the scene. <laughs> but I think that's what it is because this is, this is very blue. 
Okay. Yeah, so that's that was kind of how I was taking it. I was like, this, this has got to be the dark. Exactly. And the blue is for us. Yes. So I was like, okay, because right. I was like, you can see the shit right there. Which honestly makes it even scarier what happens next, because imagine being in a pitch black room. And then all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, this shit happens. And we do see the light uh, peeking through that door. Right. Because honestly, I mean, it really makes her, you said she didn't have final girl energy. If she's just jumping into this like fucking... I was like, Sarah! Remember on Homer 3D when he tried to jump in? Yeah! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, come on, man. But completely trapped in the razor wire, she screams in agony, dragging herself through it and still trying to reach the door. I was like, stop thrashing so much. Just making it worse. Unable to escape, we see a gloved hand reach out putting a hand over her mouth and in an incredibly close-up shot we watch as the straight razor rips through her throat it looked amazing oh yeah it i again the violence in this film shocks me i was like did they really did they really slice somebody (laughs) (laughs) i heard on commentary that it was actually a fish really i mean it it looked like something yeah. like with flesh and like an insides. organism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed fish, but um, I mean, yeah. yeah. But after she gets her throat sliced, we zoom in on her frightened eyes. Now, this, I do know that James Wan is a massive fan and student of Italian horror films. Uh-huh. Do you remember in the first Saw whenever the dude was thrashing through the razor wire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think there could be a... Probably. Oh, right. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, am I doing too much? Or I like... mean, I don't know if the puzzle pieces fit, but they look like they fit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's move on. <laughs> but that next morning, Susie heads into Sarah's room to find it completely ransacked. Miss Tanner appears in the doorway, telling her that Sarah has disappeared. <laughs> that's not shady at all. <laughs> yeah. Susie says that that's impossible because they just spoke last night, but Miss Tanner says that she left this morning at 6 a.m. They seem to have their times down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sharp. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like they got a story together. <laughs> <laughs> but Mark comes out of his room to confirm the story, saying that he heard her leave at that time and even heard a car drive off like someone was waiting for her. So you're going to start this relationship with lies. Yeah. It's like, we're done. Absolutely. Um, and I'm leaving. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah. No. She was all Sherlock Holmes last night. Yeah. Yeah. That makes no sense. In my Even in my drowsy state, I know what she yeah. was about. But Susie says that that's impossible. And Miss Tanner says that if she wasn't happy here, she should have told someone. No point in sneaking off like a thief. You're not the victim here. Yeah, <laughs> calm down. And this feels a lot like the victim blaming y'all had for exactly. Pat yeah. earlier. It's like, hey, reel it in. Yeah. <laughs> Mark's like, this isn't what we rehearsed. <laughs> and also, oh, and now you're upstaging me. Yeah, yeah. right. Cool. Fantastic. That's, cool. That's the other thing is like now it feels like a major conspiracy. Yeah. Because I thought that it was just kind of the way that it's building. You're like, okay, Madam Blank. Yeah. Miss Tanner. Yeah. Obviously the directress. Yeah. And teacher who doesn't get a name right <laughs> they're, they're in on it maybe albert <laughs> no for sure albert You're like an albert's the mastermind yeah. <laughs> but albert's pulling all the strings i'm very very pissed off to see that mark is also clearly in on it yeah but it sounds like they have him by the balls yeah. if he doesn't have any money and they're ordering him oh, around yeah. so it's like we're paying your tuition or, yeah. or your board or whatever. Say that you heard a fucking car at 6 a.m. <laughs> They're like, look, you already know how to dance, but you want to learn how to apply that shit? Yeah. <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> 
But in the next scene, Susie makes a phone call connecting her with Frank Mandel. She introduces herself as a friend of Sarah's, asking if he's seen her and telling him about how she suddenly vanished. They then make plans to meet at the convention center. But right above her head on the staircase, Miss Tanner walks with Madame Blank, telling her about Sarah. Madame Blank is upset and doesn't understand why Sarah would just run off. She says she'll call her father in Geneva because it's possible she just went home. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super sure she's with her father in Geneva. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I would not be making any kind of phone calls like this at the school. No, oh, no. I am not going to assume because we were just in the pool talking all that good shit yeah, yeah. because we thought we were safe last night and now she's gone. Uh huh. I would never assume that any word that I say here is not being listened to. Oh, absolutely. Any step that I make is not being seen. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about how that conversation was absolutely for my benefit? Yeah. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> that a thief sucks. in the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but outside the convention center, Susie sits with Frank Mandel, played by Udo Kier. He's a very good character actor. He's been in some Argento films, but he was also in, uh, and I know I get a lot of shit for talking about Rob Zombie, but he was in Werewolf Women of the SS. All right. That little thing. Yeah. And he was also in Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. He played the guy at Smith's Grove Sanitarium who talked to Loomis. Oh. So he's a good character actor. (laughs) He gets around. (laughs) But Frank says that he's attempting to make contact with Sarah's father, but he wasn't there and won't be back until Monday. He understands Susie's concern, but says that they should wait for Sarah's father to return before they both get too upset. This I like. Because right. he has concern. Yeah, yeah. But he's he being cares. logical. Exactly. Yeah. And this isn't what you're getting at the school. They're like, damn it, why'd she fucking yeah. run? Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to chill. <laughs> but he says it's possible that they just went somewhere together and says that he knows her very well. We learn that he's a psychiatrist and that Sarah was a patient of his three years ago. This is when he immediately violates Dr. Patient Confidentiality. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells Susie that Sarah had a breakdown after her mother's death and came to him for treatment and they remained friends afterward. And just the fact that they stayed friends, unethical. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> no, you and you can. certainly can't be telling her fucking yeah. business. Yeah. No, She's yeah. like, and I prescribed her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Most no. unprofessional. <laughs> no, dude. Somebody take his license away. <laughs> But he says a friend of Sarah's began putting wild ideas into her head about the dance academy. He says it was founded in 1895 by Helena Marcus, a Greek immigrant. The locals believed Helena to be a witch, and it hits Susie that someone might have already told her this or something similar in the past. But at any rate, Frank says that this really sparked Sarah's imagination. He says Helena Marcus had been expelled from several European countries, persecuted by religious people and groups. He also says that she wrote several books, and among the initiated, people knew her as the Black Queen. I love that title. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, shit. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> but when she came here, the locals made her the subject of gossip, but she was able to accumulate wealth and eventually founded the Dance Academy. Along with teaching dance, they also dabbled in occult sciences, but Frank says in 1905, Helena Marcus died in a fire. Afterward, the school was taken over by her favorite pupil, and the occult studies were taken off the curriculum. The school then goes on to become a world-famous dance academy after that. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool history. Yeah. But Susie asks Frank what it means to be a witch, and being a man of science, he just attributes it to mental illness. He says bad luck isn't brought on by broken mirrors, but by broken minds. 
I was like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. I'm torn because I'm like, that's a really great line, but that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bullshit thought. But Frank then introduces her to Professor Milius, played by Rudolf Schundler, who just so happens to have written a book on the subject. You might remember Rudolf Schundler because he played Carl in The Exorcist. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. All right. That is very cool. Right? Yes. But after Frank heads off to an appointment, Milius asks Susie what she'd like to know about witches. She simply asks if he believes in them. And as it turns out, he does. He says witches are malevolent and destructive, able to change people's entire lives, but only to do harm. While Susie remains skeptical, he tells her that their entire goal is to accumulate wealth, which can only be achieved by bringing harm to others. He says they can cause suffering, sickness, and death to those who cross them. I was like, did he get dumped by a witch yeah. recently? Or- <laughs> they this also break all- your fucking yeah. heart. <laughs> this is all really negative. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even true. No, man. not I don't, at all. I feel like at this point of the film, I'm just suspicious of everyone. Yeah. yeah because he true. was like, she's like, I'm worried about my friend. And he's like, well, you know, that was founded by witches. Hey, I got to go. But here's this guy who yeah. knows a lot about yeah. witches. It's like, I just came to ask about my friend. <laughs> who you because know. Because you know her. Yeah. I don't know. This whole thing felt very weird to me. <laughs> he's like, keep me posted. <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, what? <laughs> he probably has a meeting about his license being yeah. suspended. <laughs> I'm under review yeah, or something. something. <laughs> One of the people on the board, she's a patient of mine. Uh, (laughs) But he asks why she's so interested. And she says that a friend recently spoke to her about witches. But again, she's not the one that was interested. No. The other, Frank. Yeah. He was talking about witchcraft. Yeah. But I mean, she's interested in learning. Yeah. Now. Well, times change. (laughs) (laughs) That's not why she came there is my point. No, she was just worried about her friend. Yeah. But she asked him if he's ever heard of Helena Marcus, and he has, calling her the Black Queen and gushing over her ability to cast evil magic. She asks if there could be a guild of witches, and he tells her that they're called a coven, and a coven is only as strong as their leader. A coven without a leader is like a headless cobra, harmless. He excuses her skepticism as a natural reaction, but he warns her that magic is ever-present. In a bit of Latin, he says that magic is everywhere, all over the world, and that is a recognized fact. I, again, I was a little upset because Susie got it from both sides, from Frank and Milius, but it was all very negative. Yeah. Extremely, (laughs) yeah. Like, they must, I don't know what their history with witches (laughs) is. I think you hit the nail on the head. Dude got dumped. (laughs) He got dumped. (laughs) So they don't say it in the film, but I mentioned it at the top. Helena Marcus is Mater Suspiriorum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she's one of the three mothers. Yeah. And they don't touch on that until Inferno. All right. Where they name them and they're like, and then one is in Freiburg, one's in Rome, so one's uh, in New was, York. Right, right. Was the plan for the kind of trilogy, did they not like have it yet? Do I th- you think? I think that that was, this was the starting point, but I feel like he had to have had a plan for the other two mothers. Already. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it also... From Suspiria to the Mother of Tears is 30 years. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, Fuck. So maybe not. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but back at the Academy, Susie is just about to drink her prescribed wine, but <laughs> instead sets it down and heads into the hall to look for Mark. But after knocking on a couple of doors and getting no answer, she asks second cook, played by <laughs> cool. Serafina Scorcioletti, where everyone is. 
Second cook tells Susie that they're all gone to the theater for the opening of the Bolshoi. I guess my invitation got yeah. lost in the mail. Yeah. Left her ass behind. Cool, thanks. She literally says, Miss Tanner got tickets for everyone. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, everyone. Yeah, yeah. You fainted in that one yeah. session. Like, so. You're not ready. Yeah. There's lots of snacks there and yeah. you can't have that. So. <laughs> but Susie immediately calls Frank on the phone and tries to tell him about the strange goings on. She's about to dive into a laundry list, but a storm takes out the power and the room goes pitch black. It did make me laugh because she goes, for example, when I eat at night, but after losing the connection with Frank, all the lights come back on, but she can't get the phone to work. But she takes her tray of food into the restroom, dumping all of it down the toilet and flushing it. Wait, because when she opened it earlier, there was nothing in there. Witchcraft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, no, we feed you. Yeah, we, we feed yeah, you. Don't. <laughs> Unless I was tripping. I saw nothing in the thing. I, I remember being focused on the wine. Yeah. Yeah. But fuck, I don't know. I was also yeah. pretty annoyed at the way she dumped everything out because how fucking messy. She didn't have to do all that. No, but I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be kind of pissed off too. Yeah. It was I, too messy. I don't know. Yeah. I, d- I didn't like that whole, I don't need to see in the toilet. No, no. it looked you don't. so nasty. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It looked really it gross. Looked so I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> well, that's how she feels. She's like, this Were is where shit goes. Yeah, but, <laughs> this is how I feel inside. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she pours her wine into the sink. And let me tell you, in the words of Dracula, she hasn't been drinking wine. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> that, it looked like Beverly Marsh's sink. Yeah. That. <laughs> but she shuts off the light in the bathroom, but notices two small blinking lights outside of her window. She opens it and stares into the darkness for a moment, and we're already primed because anytime we've seen those two bright lights... Bad shit happens. Exactly. This time, bat shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> because all of a sudden a bat flies in and attacks the shit out of her she eventually knocks the bat away and it screeches fluttering to the floor where it continues to advance on her until she covers it with a towel she then grabs a stool and commits batricide smashing it (laughs) (laughs) until the towel is soaked in blood i was so sad yes because it just felt like all this crazy shit is happening. Like right. this bat fight was like <laughs> really unnecessary. Yeah. It's funny because in my notes, because they were going at it. They, yeah. I have that bat's going to sleep good tonight. <laughs> 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 and then they killed the bat. Yeah, that was very did. sad. I, did it like it forgot how to fly or was it trying to square up? And it like, was, I'll, yeah. get on, I'll get on my feet too. <laughs> it, and it, no, I don't even need yeah. to fly. You know what it was? It's like, how dare you waste that fucking food? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's picking up the crumbs. Yeah. Like, oh. It's like, God damn it. Right, was that tilapia? What was that? <laughs> Delicious. But uh, after she kills the bat, she just backs out of the room. She heads back into her room and she sits on her bed and smokes a cigarette as a storm rages outside. But on her nightstand, she finds the note that Sarah wrote of the steps taken by the teachers that night. As she looks it over, she begins to hear footsteps outside her room heading off to that secret location. She then remembers what she told Sarah. They don't leave the school at all. The exit is on the left, but their footsteps go to the right. She closes her eyes and counts for herself as the steps continue. Why are they walking so slow? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> They're like, just in case someone's counting. Yeah. Don't go too fast. See, again, it feels like they want me to know. Yeah. I, I don't trust anything. And also, it made me laugh because she realizes that she can figure out where they're going. But it's like, man, you were really fucked up, weren't yeah. you? This, <laughs> this was your... <laughs> Sarah told you all of this, dude. <laughs> but she heads out into the hall, closing the door behind her. 
She slowly makes her way to the end of the hall, opening up a large door and stepping inside. She consults Sarah's notes, counting 20 steps from here, and the camera follows her as she makes those steps, reaching another door and opening it. Was it just me, or does the music they use in the Blair Witch 2 kind of sound like this? Like the noises? Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I I was like, I know that music. And then I was like, that's Blair Witch. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, they used... Like, you fucking... It does sound like, the more I kept thinking about it, I was like, this... That the music that they use uh-huh. sounds like this. I wouldn't be surprised if they were influenced. Right. Like this is to a lot of Because it sounds really fucking disturbing. Oh yeah. 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 A lot of horror fans like put this up with the Halloween theme. Okay. Like as iconic. Yeah, yeah. And so fuck, if I were to score a horror film, I'd want to be like Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she steps into the sound of distant chatter and laughter continuing down a long hallway. Wherever she's going, it sounds fun as shit. See, and it's misleading. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they sound like they're having a great time at this point this is where i'm with you i was like you've been wandering around for way too long this is a setup right yeah Yeah. something is they're clearly like like, man we're having a great time (laughs) rubbing their hands together (laughs) fucking waiting but she creeps past the kitchen where cook and second cook are having an absolute blast chopping meat yeah instead of continuing the creep though she just takes off which alerts <laughs> this alerts the second cook who busts out with a knife asking who's there what's that yeah <laughs> what was Who's that noise yeah. these? uh Susie's still wearing her heels though like wouldn't i would have taken them off oh yeah well i mean Susie's not like us right? <laughs> <laughs> but looking both ways and seeing nothing second cook heads back into the kitchen Susie peeks out from behind some curtains and continues on with the counted steps Thunder strikes and lightning flashes as she reaches Madame Blank's office, which is carpeted, hence the inability to continue counting steps any further. Yeah. Right. Rain pours outside and out of the mouths of golden gargoyle-shaped drain spouts, it looks (laughs) fucking cool. (laughs) But back inside the office, Susie catches a reflection in the mirror of three ornate flowers on the opposite wall. One blue, one red, and one yellow and she finally remembers exactly what she heard Pat say the night she died. The secret I saw behind the door. Three irises. Turn the blue one. Susie heads over to the wall, resting her hand on the blue flower and twisting it until a secret door pops open. So this is either a boss fight or a loot cave. (laughs) It's going to be worth it. Uh, (laughs) I just love that at that moment the full memory came back yeah. Oh, yeah so but i'm okay pat what was the tutorial yeah like, right, oh, right. Shit, That's yeah. right. they told me how to do this uh pat though uh-huh. she's talking to sarah who's her friend because sarah said that she was the one inside mm-hmm. yeah why would she send her friend in there uh i'd be like come with me we're getting the fuck out of here and we'll send someone yeah. yeah and the fact that she was able to get out well, not for long. I yeah. mean, not for long, granted. They're but... like, Pat's been in here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Send your hairiest armed. <laughs> but Susie pushes through a blue curtain, revealing the yellow tunnel with the writing on the walls that we saw earlier, where the stranger had snagged that straight razor. Mm-hmm. The main theme begins to play as she makes her way through, the walls filled with occultist writing. She finally reaches a slightly open door where a meeting is taking place. A voice says, we've come to a decision. The situation can no longer be tolerated. And they speak of a negative influence as Susie hides behind a curtain near the door. 
She sees Madame Blanc seated with Albert and another woman next to her. She says, I told you we must get rid of that bitch of an American girl. She tells Miss Tanner that they have to make her disappear. They're talking about me. Yeah. It's like, God <laughs> damn. Fuck. Why are you so mean? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone here, I've said it since she arrived. Yeah. I, Everyone here is mean. She danced the best she could, yeah. <laughs> given the circumstances. But Miss Tanner brings her some kind of wafer. I guess all this talk of murder gets her famished. Yeah. Well, I'm like, don't be ordering my death while you're snacking. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. That's I mean, like, <laughs> I, it hit me like too late, but I was like, oh, this is a black mask. Yeah. yeah. It's not, <laughs> she's not just. I was offended. <laughs> <laughs> but she tells Madame Blanc that Susie didn't eat or drink anything this evening. So obviously her meals were tampered with. Obviously, they yeah. were tampered with, and obviously, she's being watched, because yes. how would anyone know yeah. that? They're like, I think she dumped him down the shitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we sent the bat after her. Yeah, that, that he, he got fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need a new bat. <laughs> but Madame Blank reiterates that Susie must die. Susie looks on frightfully as Madame Blank takes a glass from Miss Tanner, calling out to Helena Marcus and telling her to give her power before taking a drink. The lights in the room go blue and red as she downs the liquid and calls out sickness and death as we see Albert whisper something to Pavlos. Now Albert's giving orders? Yeah. He's like, fucking find her. Yeah. <laughs> you take care of this right now. Like, oh, hell no. <laughs> but her words hit Susie and she almost buckles from them, but she backs away deeper behind the curtain. There, she discovers Sarah's dead body, her throat slashed, her face cut up, and her eyes opened with pins stuck into them. They didn't have to do her homework. No, like that. that they seems like Sarah up. Talk about overkill, yeah. man. The pins, though, they, there they go. Right. They were in that case. Yeah. <laughs> it's called payoff, man. But we dip down also to reveal that her wrists are nailed to the table. Yeah. Pablos begins searching for Susie using Sarah's lighter. Yeah. It's like, fuck, yeah. dude. Yeah. But Susie backs away further behind the curtain, eventually finding another room. She passes what appears to be a statue of a bird with crystal plumage, which I assume to be a reference to Argento's film, <laughs> The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. <laughs> but upon hearing a familiar raspy breath, as well as snoring, Susie ventures deep inside. Fuck, we're yeah. in Wheezy's room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Behind a curtain, we see an unearthly silhouette vibrating as it lies supine. Susie turns to exit, but almost catches the eye of Pavlos. Backing into the room, she knocks over the bird, which shatters to the floor and sends heavy marble balls rolling to hit the wall just beneath the curtain. This wakes the figure, and we see it rise. In a guttural voice, the figure asks, who is there? It's Helena Marcus, the directress played by Leila Svasta. She says she's been expecting her, the American girl, and asks if she's come to kill her. Susie grabs a sharp piece of the broken statue and cowers against the wall as Helena laughs. Susie makes her way to the curtain in Helena's silhouette, her sharp feather at the ready. But when she pulls back the curtain, Helena isn't there, only an indentation in the bed. Fuck. Yeah. I was not expecting that. No. I got to tell you, too, the second I heard that voice, I'm terrified of her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, shit. I, I get why I'll Sarah was there. <laughs> with Pavlos. Also, it really made me sad that Pavlos was bad, too. Yeah. Because yeah, he got some shit talked to him. I was like, he's going to he's gonna come in clutch when she yeah, needs him. Yeah. Save the day. Because they're so fucking mean to yeah. him. No. no. <laughs> 
But Helena taunts Susie, saying, you wanted to kill me. What are you going to do now, huh? A statue explodes as Helena tells her death is coming for her because she wanted to kill Helena Marcus. Susie shakily holds the feather, her eyes filled with fear as she watches the door. Helena tells her, hell is behind that door, and she's going to meet death now, the living dead. A hand reaches to open the door, and we hear demonic growls. The door then bursts open, and Sarah's reanimated corpse enters the room holding a knife. That's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. That was my friend, man. Yeah. yeah. We, we swam together. Yes. <laughs> but she laughs Helena's laugh as blood pours from her mouth. In one of the film's most iconic shots, Susie stands in terror against the curtain, wielding her feather as red light flashes. In the lightning, Susie sees the gold outline of Helena Marcus's silhouette on the bed and stabs her. Sarah disappears, but Helena appears fully with old rotting flesh and black liquid pouring from her mouth. So how old was she again? She's old as shit. They, uh, yeah, I know they Is that yeah, proper math? Earlier, yeah, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm trying to remember because I believe uh, Mother Suspiriorum is the oldest of the three mothers. Okay. So she's probably hundreds of years old. Damn. Well, she looks she, like yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moisturize people. Like, oh, yeah, God I damn. couldn't even tell. <laughs> <laughs> you look great. Yeah. You don't look a day over 150. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But they, I heard that they had wanted to just cast anybody and they tried to do all these makeup tests, but the makeup alone wasn't enough. So they found a 90-year-old woman that was not an actress. Oh, wow. And so with her combined being 90 years old yeah. and then with the makeup, the makeup yeah, on top yeah. of it, you get a pretty frightful... Yeah. That was scary as shit. Yeah. And yeah. the black liquid is just the icing on the cake. Yeah. yeah. But... Helena grabs at Susie's face with long black fingernails. <gasps> ah, yeah. remember that shit? <laughs> <laughs> but Susie's feather takes flight right into Helena's throat, killing her. Objects in the room begin to explode and whip around, so Susie makes her exit. I did hear on commentary that they did not tell her when things were going to explode. Yeah. Oh, man. So all that fear is real. Oh, it's, shit. Yeah. We talked, <laughs> we've talked about this a lot, but it's like they're actors. Yeah. <laughs> they like, that's scared. the whole point yeah. is that we pretend shit happens. It's like, no, but where's the trauma in yeah. that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if that's what you're going for, yeah. then great job. But she passes the room where the coven was meeting and finds Pablos on the floor, blood pouring down his face as Madame Blank and Miss Tanner writhe in pain behind him, dying powerless without their leader, just like Professor Milius said that they would. Susie then rushes through Madame Blank's office, glass bursting around her. The door blows off its hinges, and Susie runs through the red-lit hallway screaming, finally making her way down the staircase through a harsh wind. Windows explode, and the front door bursts open as Susie rushes out into the rain, filled with relief, and smiling as she disappears into the night, and the dance academy bursts into flames behind her. The music returns, and the credits roll on a shot of the dance academy burning to the ground. So, what did you guys think of Suspiria? I just had a quick question. Were all the rest of the students still at the Bolshoi or are they dead? They're all at the Bolshoi. Okay, well, okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sorry, guys. Yes. Sorry. Well, fuck I'm yeah. like it. Dude, Mark was in on it, so fuck the yeah. rest. Yeah. And Olga kicked me out. Yeah, oh, rude. Yeah. Olga's not, she doesn't even live there. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but still, fuck but still Olga. Fuck her. Uh, so is she the head witch now? No, the, the coven's done. 
Oh, that was it? Yeah. So she doesn't like get her power? No, no. unfortunately. <laughs> you're like, damn it. You're like, is that why she was smiling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm fucking Mother Superiorum. I did like this movie. Like I said, I feel like the feeling of this movie, it felt familiar in that kind of, like I said, B-horror kind of way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh and I don't mean it in a bad way because I love B horror movies. Yeah, I was gonna say that's uh, so, praise yeah. coming from you. So it, it, like I said, two tires on the same car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not, uh, it's not something that I'd ever be like, hey, I want to watch this, or you know what I mean, myself. Mm-hmm. But watching it, I, I, I do see why you enjoy the movie, and right. I do see why you would think that I would not like it at all. <laughs> um, but I, and and I. So like you were saying, some of the dub isn't the greatest, you know what I mean, in some yeah. spots. But I think I feel to me for a majority of this movie, I did enjoy it. You know what I mean? There, yeah. There was a few times where I was scratching my head and I was like, what? You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, for, I mean, like I said, for the most part, it was it, it was good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't have, like I said, but some nitpicky things. But I mean, other than that, the movie wasn't bad. Yeah, I feel like it's it is what it is yeah. it's an experience to have and so you can be like well where's the character development like they're telling a very specific story right. in a very unique way yeah so anything any complaints that you have that i have i'll speak for myself would also be nitpicky as right, well right. it's just such an experience mm-hmm especially the first time you watch it because i've never seen anything like that before no. oh no it has shades of things that have come after it that yeah, i've yeah. seen before i saw this mm-hmm. but i've never experienced a film like this yeah yeah specifically before mm-hmm. i've never watched anything giallo or this was my first and i know whatever it's not technically, technically yeah, or it yeah. is or it isn't or whatever but uh-huh. this is my first toe dip then if it's right. not and I really enjoyed it. It's I'm not you are like a mega super fan. Yeah, it's yeah. not <laughs> the greatest thing I've ever watched in my opinion. Right. But I it is a fucking ride. Yeah. And oh, at no, no yeah. point was I ever like bored. Uh-huh. I will say that. It it's it's just an experience. It's a uh-huh. really cool fucking movie. Well, there's always like a bit of concern where you love something so much and you share it with other people. Right, right. Like, you'll, they'll and they're turn like, why to the you. fuck did yeah, you yeah. show me What the <laughs> fuck was that? So I'm very glad that you both enjoyed it. I, to me, this is just such an amazing film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could love it more, even <laughs> if I tried, like if I focused on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that though. That's great. I watched this movie preparing for this episode a total of five times. <laughs> and I'm probably going to watch it tonight when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said on, I think it was Halloween and Psycho episodes, episode 31 and uh, episode 93. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am simply just glad to exist on the same timeline as Suspiria. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like the fact that I get to experience yeah. this film. And that's the other thing is that I did a lot of description. I tried to tell you about certain lighting, etc. But this is a film to be watched. Right, yeah. right. Like I really hope that you, if you haven't, go and watch Suspiria. If you're able to. Yeah, it's 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 an experience. Right. Yeah. I will real quick... Um, if this is what Malignant was trying to do, I mean, 
<laughs> I get it, but you know what I mean. See, and that's what kind of got me is I was so excited for Malignant because they said it's 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 a they giallo said film. That. Yeah, they did and I was say like, that. it's a giallo yeah. from James Wan. <laughs> It was not a giallo film. Yeah. <laughs> it had the gloves and shit, but I mean, it, that I mean, was it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was a giallo, but uh, that is one thing I am excited about. Is if you guys liked the taste of giallo from this non-giallo film, mm-hmm. you guys are gonna fucking love whenever I finally get you guys to watch Blood and Black Lace. No, okay, I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait, and I hope that this trend continues where you like what I show you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I had wanted to ask you. So you still like the remake, though? Oh, yeah. That's the thing is that because I've never seen it. Yeah, the, they had, they did a remake in 2018, mm. and I think it's fantastic. Right. They really went a different way with it. They didn't go with the color palette that Argento did. Mm-hmm. Right. They really did their own. They almost kind of captured the feel of what I would imagine Germany would be at the time that they're doing this film. All right. mm-hmm. And so they went with a more realistic thing mm-hmm. and it's very gruesome and it's very just interesting. And it's like two and a half hours. Damn. That's why I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Cause any time that I set out to, I just don't have time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's my thing is that if they would have attempted to mimic Argento's artistic style, right. I wouldn't like it as much. Because I will just go watch the original. Yeah, yeah. You know. So you appreciate that they did their own thing. Exactly. I just find that interesting because usually when you hold, not, I mean, like impersonal you, we as people, uh-huh. when you love something as much as you, T, loved this film. Yeah. If anybody's like, oh, we remade it, like instinctively, you're like, it's not the fucking same right, or whatever. Right. So it's just interesting to me because you, you've told me before that you really do. Yeah. You did enjoy I the do. remake. And the thing about it is that you can tell that the director respected the original. Right. Right. Even, that makes the that makes the difference. Like he even expands on the mythos of the three mothers. All right. And kind of since we have more knowledge of it through Argento's other films, you kind of get more knowledge of it through his remake. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I definitely want to check yeah, it out. Yeah. So it's it's very very good. And not to take the, you know, attack that I always take because I know Rob Zombie did something different <laughs> with Halloween. Yeah. But the difference between the Suspiria remake and the Halloween remake is I felt like the Suspiria remake respected the material. Right. So you love them both equally. Nay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess we can move on to ratings (laughs) before I lose my mind. (laughs) On the positive side, I mean, I could talk about this film all goddamn day. We just did kind of. But the artistry of it. Yeah. The cinematography, the lighting, the feel, the ambience. Right. The tone. I personally think even with the dubbing, Jessica Harper's performance. Right. Yeah. Because that shot where she's holding that feather Mm -hmm. and Sarah busts in, like her fear is palpable. Right. I think Alita Valley and Joan Bennett do really well in their roles. Mm-hmm. The death scenes. Oh, yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. The music. Honestly, I'm just going to say everything. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything about You're this You're like, film. let's start in the first yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah. And then through the... Cre- I'll just read my fucking <laughs> outline again. Let's go back to the beginning. But I mean, I really... The only negative I can think of with any kind of anything, which would probably be a little nitpicky, is maybe just the script kind of doesn't measure up to everything else right right because everything else is like just amazing and then you do still have kind of those dialogue moments of them being children yeah yeah but that, if you don't know that because like i said once i found that out i was like oh yeah, yeah. like that sense. it made yeah. so much sense to me but in all fairness it gives the movie character it does for sure when she's like the names of snakes i'm yeah. like what <laughs> is going on 
<laughs> like I love it. But I this should no no surprise to anyone. On a scale from one to ten, carefully counted steps, <laughs> I will be giving Suspiria ten carefully counted steps out of ten. No way! <laughs> so shocking. I again could not love this film anymore. But I will now open up the floor to you. Uh, no, I I did enjoy this movie. Like I said, everything was over the top. Uh, sometimes uh, I won't say it was too much, but it was it was a lot. I was like, <laughs> every noise uh-huh. when they like focused on it, you heard it. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? dude, the sound design, uh, yeah, yeah, the music, like everything was turned up. Um, and like you said, the you know, I I get the characters, but. I, no, like so I'm just like you guys are just going, or it's like, it's like what's happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the girl ran away, then she got got, then you know what I mean. Now the friends got. It's like, come on, dude, what are y'all doing? You know, no, like you said, nobody cared. Like it, it oh, happened, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and no. then it was just going to class. Even like, Daniel, yeah, yeah, nobody cared. Very suspicious. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's just little nitpicky things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did enjoy this. But like I said, I can. I can understand your fear of why you thought I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I get it because I was like some of the things I was like, what's going on here? But you know what I mean? Being open and kind of like watching it. I was like, you know what? This really isn't that bad. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to sit here and try to be like, find anything <laughs> that just to, you know what I mean? I mm-hmm. was like, this really is, it's not bad. You know, there's not anything for me to really be like, and that was so fucking stupid. It's like, <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. You know right. what I mean? Um, so for me, on a scale from one to ten, carefully counted steps, for Suspiria, I'm gonna give it a seven. Wow. Hey. I, I like I said, I if this is kind of what Giallo is even kind of like, mm-hmm. like I said, two tires in the same car. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. And I know people always try to trash B horror movies mm-hmm. or like not like horror movies that aren't mainstream or whatever, like, but not every genre is going to have perfect movies. You know right. what I mean? So if you don't like B horror movie, there's a group of people that do, you know what I mean? And if you don't like Giallo movies, there's a group of people that do. Mm-hmm. And the people that like B horror, I'm sure are, can find something they like in Giallo. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. like I said, it's the same shit. You know what I mean? Both are over the top. Mm-hmm. They want to get those kills in. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to remember the shit. You know what I mean? Some of the characters don't have very much build, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But it's, it's enough. Yeah, it, a lot of it is very similar. So I did enjoy this. I'm very glad. Um, I agree with, you know, a lot of what was said here. <laughs> um, I would say, too, that the weakness for me is the story. Yeah. And I know that I was like, you can't really complain about lack of character development and stuff like that, because the way that this is told, this isn't hereditary. You know yeah, what I mean? No, like, no, no, no. This is not a character study. This is we need to move these characters to this endpoint, to yeah. this reveal, you know, and I understand that. That's not necessarily my style of storytelling, but I get why it's not like, oh, well, my mother made me dance or, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand and I get it. It's really cool. I felt the same way when you had us do uh, the Evil Dead for your right. birthday and you were like, it literally felt like they made this for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I kind of am getting that same vibe from you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so it's really cool. I really like when 
even though I don't necessarily have that same warm and fuzzy feeling that y'all might have for these films. It's a lot of fun covering them for me and seeing how excited that y'all get about them. No, no, yeah, definitely. So it's, I mean, this was just, I feel like it was a very warm and nice experience. (laughs) Uh, So I am going to raise my point, (laughs) my score a 0.5, just because it was, your passion really shines through. (laughs) You fucking love this movie. I love it so much. I was so nervous about doing this I know you were. Because I wanted to do it justice, but uh, I'm very glad that you enjoyed it. I, I, love how much you love it i love that john paul really liked it yeah because i told him when i rewatched it i was like you're either gonna i really like this or you're gonna absolutely hate it 100 yeah. percent. and i'm really glad that you liked it and i didn't realize because he was like this is basically a b horror movie and i'm like you know what like <laughs> not exactly but it's the same two wheels of the same yeah. car yeah. there's some dna yeah. there definitely is so i mean and just the fact that there was clearly so much commitment from everyone oh yeah like oh, you yeah. were saying everything oh, yeah. it's all on an 11 yeah and i live for the drama so i really <laughs> do appreciate <laughs> oh, that yeah. <laughs> um we love a mystery. I love anything with with witches in it. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't oh, like yeah. how they were talking about the witches, but yeah, once you the, get to that, re- they were speaking from a place of hurt, of, yeah. of ignorance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, maybe they used to date. Huh? Oh, yeah. maybe yeah. they yeah. did. <laughs> but once you get to that reveal at the end, it's just like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's an experience. Um, so on a scale from one to ten, carefully counted steps. <laughs> I'm going to give Suspiria an 8.5 out of 10. All right. I really had a good experience with this one. Yeah. And I honestly can't wait to watch the remake and see what what was done taking this right, right. kind of skeleton, what they built off of yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, this was a good time. And happy birthday, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Suspiria and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Windigo Gitter patrons. And remember, while it's easy to be enchanted by a facade, always be mindful of what might be lurking just beneath the surface. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Gitter patrons. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Dance. <laughs> special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Houston, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers, ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, 
Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Garrett Rogers, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Amanda Aliff, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos, Jessica Hunter, Helen Rudder, and Aylin Johnston. Thank you all so much. Hey. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes. We truly appreciate all of you. And I've never said this before, but thank you for hanging with us. Never said <laughs> that before. I think every you witch say film. That on every witch film. <laughs> and I will continue to say <laughs> nerve. You're lucky this is your birthday film. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>